On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are taking a look at BJ Novak's what-if scenarios in anthology series The Premise on Star, pitting the legal system against old money in show trial on BBC One, and investigating the murder of a nurse in Dalgleish on Channel 5, which also stars Elliot Salt, who plays Terra in Fate, the Wink Saga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, a show that was genuinely surprised to discover that Dalgleish was an adaptation of the P.D. James mystery novels, and not, in fact, a multi-part biopic of Scottish footballing legend Kenny. Oh, very and good. <laughs> if that sounds just like a pretty shit joke, therefore par for the course for me, I am 100% serious. That is genuinely not a joke. That is actually what I thought it That's was. Brilliant. And I had no idea why you picked it. And as soon as you said Get Dalgleish, I'm like, why are we doing it? I, I was like, I hate football. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch a fucking documentary anyway. Oh, and I was just like, God. Kenny Dalgleish, why would you do this to me, boy? And I was like, oh, it's not that at all. I mean, first of all, I should put Kenny Dalgleish is spelled differently to oh, Dalgleish. There's no E oh. in Kenny. Okay. Um, I'm here for a Kenny Dalgleish 10-part um, um, biopic, though. That would be interesting. <laughs> he is still very much with us and was very funny when he was caught last week when Liverpool beat Man United 5-0. And it cut to Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson looking, this is TV, <laughs> cut from Alex Ferguson looking furious to Kenny Dalgleish going, fucking hell, mouthing fucking <laughs> Now, like, and being thrilled that his team were being so yeah it could have been an ugly thing there is an Austin Wenger um, film coming out soon which we could gratuitously review on this podcast don't feel we, we have, have notes of film don't feel we have to okay. it's fine but these are my references like if you yeah. were you to ask me to name footballers I can right. name Kenny Dalgleish yeah. uh, um, Bobby Charlton uh, Kevin Keegan and Chris Waddle oh and Gary Lineker I love the random and I think that may be all I can do of it. Uh, it's brilliant <laughs> yeah like, you haven't yeah. heard of, I don't know, David Beckham. Oh, I've heard of him. Yes, I have heard of David Beckham. <laughs> right, I have good. heard of David Beckham. Good. Um, I who would I you have helmed that, that series, that 10 part? Who would I have helmed? That's a good, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, have, I think I'd have Sarah Phelps writing it. Yes. I think she could, she could yeah, tune in to the, to the Dalgleish personality. <laughs> Sarah, if you period. are listening to this, and I know you are, yeah. your next project <laughs> yeah. is just, wait for it, Kenny. Yeah. Um, Kenny Dalgleish by right. Pick Temple. in the seventies. He's like that was his peak of his success was in the seventies, and then goes through a little bit in the eighties and then, and beyond. So that'd be good. Who could direct it though? Who would make me care about this? Yeah, <laughs> maybe um, um, uh, the guy who's directed um, uh, the the Tower, which we'll be reviewing next week. Jim Loach, son of Ken. He'd be good. He could Ooh, do it. Yeah, that's a good. He directed um, uh, our favorite thing with Lenny James's show. You know, what was it called? He did save, save me too. He did save, he did me, save too. me too. Yeah. yeah, he's very good. I almost wish that he was like directing Marvel movies and stuff, and the apple yeah. had fallen that far from the tree yeah. that he's been like disowned by his dad <laughs> for like selling out and going mainstream. <laughs> that, would that would be amazing. Be amazing. Yeah. Um, anyway, Dalgleish. Yeah. Dalgleish. Yes. So yes, we will in fact be doing Dalgleish, not to do with Kenny. All the millennial listeners are going, Kenny who? <laughs> Kenny Dalgleish. The, the weird thing is Bertie Carvel, who is um, Inspector Dalgleish, could actually play Kenny Dalgleish as well. Could he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks it's a bit, it's kind of similar facially, I think, roughly. I mean, you know. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. There so, Sarah, if you're listening, that's your casting sorted as well. We're all over this. We're too good to you guys. We, are. we really yeah, are. We are. Feeding yeah. you. It's gold. It's absolute gold. <laughs> it is. Um, so, things that we've been watching this week. <laughs> Let's talk about those. Oh, right, I've got a lot to get through. Oh, I God. warn you now. I'm sorry. I've just got a lot to get through. So I've just literally finished watching Doctor Who. Yes, the first episode. Oh, well, should we? Say, are we going to do this now? Or are we going to do Doctor Who now? Fuck it, let's do it now. Let's well, do it now. I mean, it's already been. It's on. already been on. Let's so do it now. It is a thing we've been watching. Yeah. So we're recording have... this. Yes. we're recording this on Thursday. It is Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, yes. we're recording this on Thursday morning. Doctor Who airs this Sunday, but the yeah. podcast goes out on Monday. So yeah. everyone else will already have seen it, but you are special because you have seen it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so the, yeah, finally got the link off to various various doing. 
Frown this morning with the poor BBC people. It's <sighs> Doctor Who Flux. This is the six part. Uh, it's kind. It's basically a Jodie Whittaker's final season in full. There'll then be three specials after that, uh, but it's a final season as such as a whole season. Six episodes. It's this. All I can say is, I'm, I'm just reeling from the whole thing. It's a lot to take in. It's a huge big thing. It's got special subtitle Flux to emphasise how huge and big it is, and it <laughs> is gigantically massive. It's like the whole universe is about to be destroyed kind sure. of thing by a thing called flux and there are loads of monsters uh, in it from previous periods the weeping angels are in it Santarans are in it there's weird like skeletal new freaky things which are really actually really creepy and good it's the first episode set on Halloween so there's a whole kind of Halloween joke thing going on about you know John Bishop is the new companion he arrives and his character thinks that these beasts that are coming and invading his house are people dressed as Halloween costumes oh, quite a good joke um, <laughs> so it's it was a lot to take in there was a huge amount I guess it's a, this is an ongoing six part story and there's a huge amount that Chris Chibnall the writer had to establish introducing all these different elements and it was quite confusing and there's a lot to take in but I'm there for it but it was great mm. fun it's very comedic more, I would say one of the most comedic episodes. Oh, okay, so leaning more into the comedy, You're leaning mm. quite heavily into the comedy. Yeah, yeah. And is this the last season before RTD takes? Over yeah, on? effectively, this is yeah. So this is the start of um, Chris Gibnall's swan song as well. So Chris Gibnall and, and Jenny Whittaker both agreed to do three series and then out. That was yeah. their plan, their secret plan. Um, and uh, this is the first, and uh, yeah, this is the beginning of the end, basically, effectively. Wow. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, but it's a lot. I need to watch it again to take it all in. But I think the, the main reaction that everyone's going to have is, oh my god, there's so much going on it is he's definitely gone for spectacle spectacle I, I, it's almost like it got an Avengers Endgame quality to it bringing back all these different um, strands the Avengers Endgame of Doctor Who yeah but obviously Russell T Davis has been mooting that Doctor Who should be at that level of ambition um, and you know kind of epicness if yeah. you like uh, for ages, and I think Christian was certainly is is clearly of a similar of a similar bent, so to speak. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Go on then. What else? Right, oh, and so much. <laughs> what okay. else is on this massive so, list? That massive, you're literally reading off in front of me. Uh, there is a list that takes up an entire page of your notebook. It's in my notes. All right. Um, so obviously, Curb started last yes, week, which we yeah. couldn't review either. We couldn't review that. I, abs- I it was like a I dream come true for me because, as I said, I think in when, as a news story, mm. the builder Albert Brooks is in it. Mm. Albert Brooks is one of my favourite filmmakers of all time. At least two of his films were in my top, I would say top 10, top 20 of all time. Yeah. And it, and the, and the, he is in the first episode. He was in the first episode that went out last Monday. Mm. And um, he, it was fantastic. I, the idea was that Albert Brooks, this legendary guy, wanted to have his own funeral that he could watch. So he's like, you know, funerals are wasted on the dead because dead people don't get to know what everyone's saying about them. Yeah. So he's, he set up his funeral with everyone. And like Larry had to be one of the, you know, make a speech. And um, John Hamm was there and all the all these friends and family while um, Albert Brooks watches from upstairs in his house, in his bedroom, <laughs> with his partner on the bed. And it was a brilliant thing. Of course, Larry furious at the whole idea of it. Um, <laughs> and that clash between Larry and Albert Brooks was absolutely brilliant. There was a huge amount of other stuff going on, but that was just a dream come true for me, the whole Albert Brooks element. I wanted to mention Angela Black, which has been going on, which I've been kind of, which is going on weekly on mm. ITV, and, and a massive kind of twisty, total kind of um, reset, if you like, at the end of the last episode that went out mm. last Sunday. In fact... By the time we, we you're listening to this on Monday, there'll be another episode on top of that. But I think and is that the finale? Episode four. No, there's no, six of them. Oh, six. So yeah, remember when we thought, is there enough? When we reviewed it, is yeah. there enough story? How are they going to fill this out? It turns out there's well, enough. it turns out there is. <laughs> it's gone down such a new, interesting route at the end of episode three, and um, and I'm really there for it. I think it's really, really clever, really interesting. Um, 
uh, unusual. Still a difficult watch, or was that mainly um, just the first episode? Less, no. There's okay. less actual domestic abuse. I think. Yeah. I think the first episode was the most difficult watch to watch yeah. from that yeah. point of view, establishing that character. I think quite rightly they took the criticism. We know that this guy is a fucking horrendous abuser. Mm. We don't need to keep showing that. Good. You know, it's enough. Yeah. That we, we you're aware of it. So I'm really enjoying that. American Horror Story. I watched the first episode. Your favourite, <laughs> Beth. Gritting my teeth. How is Ryan? Right. Well, so the interesting <laughs> thing about American Horror Story, the new series, double feature, um, is that it's got a quite an, it's got it's quite a, got a jokey reference to the fact that the main character is a TV writer. Oh, and God. has taken on too much. Oh my God! And there's lots of references to the fact that um, he's spreading himself too thin. Right. And then he has a kind of blank, and he can't doesn't know what to do next. So it's kind of like. It's kind of taking the piss. He's aware. Ryan Murphy, let's just say, has been listening to Beth. He's aware that he's now kind of people are like, you're just doing too much. You need to calm down. You need to focus on quality rather than quantity. But I have to say, I really enjoyed the first episode. Okay. I think think American Horror Story might be my favourite thing that he does, apart from the genius that was American Crime Story, OJ. But he he wasn't really that involved in that. He produced it, but it was completely written and directed by other people. So this is more his thing, which you can tell, because it's got loads of, like, twisted and perverse elements. But Macaulay Culkin is in it as this, like, meth-head, kind of camp meth-head character, and he is phenomenal. Oh. Uh, what you seen. So I really enjoyed that first episode, I have to okay. say. I'm nearly finished, but not quite. <laughs> um, the final thing I wanted to mention is The Sinner... Is oh, yes. yes. Well, now, when's that? When's that back here? The sinner. Well, I, what happens with the sinner? It's a really weird thing. I mean, as if TV generally isn't confusing enough with yeah. your Netflix, your Amazon Prime, your normal channels, your American version. The sinner, which is on the USA network in America, is available on iTunes, British iTunes. Is it to pay for it? Yes, this and American news. iTunes. Yes, they did this with the last season, and I just noticed I was flicking around on my iTunes, and I'm like, oh, so there's the new series of the sinner, season four. So. Me being me, I have to watch it because I because so I paid like my one two, four quid. Not all of it's available. No, the first two weekly, right, it's going okay. out weekly. So Netflix waits till the whole thing is finished. Yeah, in America, then they put the whole thing out, in and one they're go. dropping on iTunes it's as they are. Two quid an episode huh? to rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two quid, no, two quid an episode. Two Sorry, quid. four quid for two. It's going to say right. you get paid. And you get a season pass for about twenty quid. Right. Okay. That, however, that so so, so just yeah, as you say to confuse it. So it airs weekly in America. It yeah. drops in on iTunes in the UK yeah. and then Netflix will get it once it's all yeah. aired. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. It's bewildering. So it's bewildering. Strange. But I, I just love that show so much. Well, we're going to obviously we'll, be reviewing we'll do that it when it drops on Netflix. We'll, but, but let me uh, just say I love the first two episodes and it is okay. the, 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 the best thing about it is it's, it's somehow making the fact that Bill Pullman's detective character Who's now retired with a, with a, with a remember that woman the artist yes. woman yeah yes. so they're together right I'm not going to say much more about it because we review it properly sorry my, <laughs> <laughs> thank you my my email <laughs> notifications were loud um, so all I'll say is they're somehow making it believable that this guy this detective who's now retired mm. and has been through three yeah. spectacularly <laughs> complex mysteries involving some kind of weird yeah. faith slash philosophy and been buried alive and been buried, and been buried alive he's <laughs> Now back with another fourth mystery that involves another weird faith philosophical thing going on. That and by the way, his perverse sex. Uh, you remember his perverse sex? Um, uh, oh, what's yeah. the word? Um, not felicitations. What's the word? Um, his, his peccadilloes. Yes. that's back. He has proclivities. His for, proclivities. Yes, proclivities. Yes, for... His proclivities are well and truly back. <laughs> and. 
there are other people with other weird proclivities as well. There's, it's quite controversial in what I think it I'd might be. I'd forgotten about yeah. that, that he has that whole yeah, kink side really, to him. The kink side wasn't really, but it's back it was in big full. in the first season, yeah. wasn't it? And then it's yeah. kind of, it's, it's faded into the background. Yeah. Well, it's back. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Bill um, Pullman being spanked. Well, I'm just hit Bill Pullman's sex scene, I'm just saying now. <laughs> is, is the, I mean, I'm all in favour of older pe- people of a certain age. He's you my know. president. He's my president. Right, sorry, Beth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From Independence Day, yeah. I mean, it's well, quite presidential behaviour, so it's fine. Yeah, you're right, of a certain Certain type of president, yeah. Um, so anyway, loving it. It's back if you like. Or not. If you want to, can't wait for um, like me. If you can't wait, if you're really impatient and you just want to watch loads of things constantly, then it is back. It's on iTunes. I think that's it on my list of things. Oh, just just do one or two things. There, yeah, you, know? you haven't watched much TV this <laughs> yeah. week. Been out a lot, have you? I think that's it. Yeah, there good, we go. good. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Um, so, so here's the thing that I did. I didn't watch any reality TV because obviously, but I felt like I did. And let me tell you why. So <laughs> I went to an event last night, and obviously we go to press events as journalists and stuff for launches mm. and things, and they're just they're very certain. Now I got invited to an event, and I got there, and it turned out it wasn't a press event. It was an influencer event. Mm, what the fuck? Mm, which mm, they had allowed mm, some mm, press to go to. Yeah, and I, I genuinely, I was like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? And it's a a different species, but because <laughs> they're all Instagram focused, like it's a very visual medium. Yeah, they like it's like being, I imagine, at the casting session <laughs> for like Married at First Sight or something like that, where they're all larger than life weirdos, and I so like use that term affectionately. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and you're just like, what is going? And because like they all, because like say Instagram, they, they have distinct visual identities. There was this guy in this pink velour tracksuit with like chains around his yeah. neck, and there was another guy with this huge hair and this massive. Bit and like all these hugely garish, I always want to say costumes rather yeah. than outfits. Yeah. And I was walking around and I'm turning up like in my shabby little jacket and my little shirt that's all <laughs> creased and needs an iron. And like I stuck out like an absolute sore thumb <laughs> as the only sort of journalist there. And all of these influence, as just the way they talk to each other, and they're all like constantly shooting selfies and flashing peace yeah. signs at the camera. And I was just like, I, I have never felt A, so old and B, so wildly uncool in my entire existence. And genuinely, I thought this, this right here, this is what reality TV is. Like it's mm. this, it's these caricatures of people doing mundane shit. So going to a thing. But it's just but but these, What was the screening of though? It wasn't a screening, it was a launch. I'm not gonna say what it is because I don't want to like throw the people oh. who did it under the bus, oh, you know. So that, that seems a bit harsh. But it was a launch for a thing. Right. That's what I mean. and, yeah. and because it was an influencer event, but they decided because they had some extra, oh, we might as well get some of our press along as well. And, <laughs> might, might as well get some normal looking yeah. people. And some of it turns out was just me because no one else went out. And Fantastic. I just went in there and I even went out to pubs this afternoon. I was like, genuinely, what the fuck is going on up there? <laughs> and they were laughing. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you, you are, you know, obviously we don't normally mix press and influencers, but this, this is quite interesting. It fascinated I've me. I've been to one of those as well, funny enough. I went to the, Succession for Succession now did a um, you know there's you can watch it on Sky Q whatever yeah. now and now it's the streaming platform basically and they had a big dinner at the at the at the, at the um, Gherkin in uh, in London mm. and there were influencers there and and then, and you're right there was def- they completely have a different way of dealing with this yes. event I was just there like I, I took the old photo and I had yeah. dinner and then I went to the London Film Festival screening which we talked about now Succession Special but the influencers are yeah videoing obviously doing all their thing and it is a different world dressed up uh, dressed oh my up God. to the yeah. nines yeah. Yeah. yeah in these it's fascinating. wild absolutely wild yeah. outfits yeah. yeah I mean some of them like just just bit, I mean I was captivated by 
how they looked. Yeah. In that, because it, it genuinely was. It was like it was like watching Drag Race or something. It was just fascinating, <laughs> but not because they were in drag, but because they were so. You hastened to add. No, no, they weren't. They weren't in drag at all. There was no doubt that I noticed. It was just that they were so precisely presented yeah. in the way that they were outfitted and the way they held themselves and the way they behaved and talked. Yeah. And it's kind of, I guess, what this conversation is ongoing at the moment about Facebook is about how Instagram is unhealthy because it portrays an unrealistic reality. It's not a reality. And these people, seeing them in the flesh, just made me realise this is 100% performance. Like, this is not your life. This is not your look. That is not your hair. Yeah. You know, those are not your clothes. Like, But this is the reality that you put forward as an influencer on that platform. Yeah. And I suppose it's up to people who look at those platforms to be able to tell the difference. And in these people's cases, I can't imagine it would have been that hard. But to tell the difference between, like, is this real life or is this just fantasy? I feel like I should burst <laughs> yeah, the song. Um, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But... Anyway, so this is my brush with reality TV. I feel like for one night only, I was on set of a reality TV show yeah. and it has thrown me slightly. And it's got you quoting Bohemian Rhapsody. It's got me quoting <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. yes. Yeah. But, okay, so that wasn't technically TV, although you've seen how I tried to make it like yeah, it was. Yeah, that was tenuous. Um, that was tenuous. The one thing I have done is I've finished Squid Game. So, oh. we, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to reveal it, but we had to give out, uh, we had to put together for Empire and you will have done this too, Beth, and you will have done this too, Boyd, uh, your favourite films and TV shows of the year. So far, so there's still room for wiggle on this. Uh, but I'm not going to lie, Squid Game made my list, made Ooh. my top 10. I'm not going to tell you where. We will reveal that closer to the end of uh, the year. We're our review of the year episode. But um, it's really, really good, isn't it? In a way that I think, I mean, it look, good. hey, James's hot take, Squid yeah. Game's actually pretty good. Hey. James is available for TV and radio uh, appearances that Beth, that Beth can't do anymore. Now, Beth, Beth have you seen Squid Game yet? Because you really should. I, I recommend it to you. Do you know, it's like, next time I list after Friday Night Lights and it's always sunny in Philadelphia yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll get to it yeah, good, that bloody good, episode good. if it's always something in Philadelphia yeah. that someone else has recommended um, <laughs> you still haven't watched it have you no no no, no. But, but just going back to Squid Game for a second so yeah. I remember you said to me Boyd again no spoilers for people who haven't seen it if you haven't you really should but uh, uh, when you were saying like you know tug of war and marbles shit gets real I was mm. like you were not lying and all I'm going to say is the bridge. If yeah, you know, you know. The bridge. Yeah. But the bridge. Yeah. Oh my God, the yeah. bridge. Yeah. There's some twisted genius in that mm. show. Mm. Absolutely uh, twisted genius. Yeah. The amount of Squid Game Guard costumes I guarantee you are going to see. In fact, well, Boyd. Yes. Um, hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, my, my Squid Game Guard costume will have arrived for the Halloween party I'm going to on Saturday night. Are, yeah. are you serious? Are you yeah, going? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. But it's coming from China. Wow. Yeah. So I'm slightly it's it supposed may not to arrive, arrive tomorrow. But, mm. I, mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. Make sure you don't get like arrives. a skin rash or something from it. With just, you know, <laughs> you got cheap worried. Halloween like costumes and oh, stuff. She's, um, like, made of rayon or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's made like um, it, the sale of Vans slip-ons which are the shoes yes. I thought you were going to say like, like white Vans like panel Vans, Vans like people who are abducting people off the street yeah. together it's a really good segue from this mm. that was a Daily <laughs> Mail headline in white, my head right there sorry mm. go on white Vans white slip-on Vans which yeah. are what you in the show sales have gone up 78 uh, no 7,800% off the back of Squid Game I didn't know they were wearing Vans wow. yeah just what what colour are they they're like white they're, Vans they're just white blimsaws there is the occasional close-up of them yeah you're right yeah listening daps yeah. uh, what's a they're just daps? slips <laughs> on daps honestly um, Terry left I thought we were done with our <laughs> ginnels and our gipping <laughs> and now we've got what are they daps daps we're daps to yeah. my mufti day uh, <laughs> I know what mufti day is yep um, I don't know what a chufty bad is but I know what mufti day is you know is. what mufti day is but yeah the, the, the slip on daps that they wear in this is fans have gone up 7,800% 
because of Squid Game. The, honestly. That is brilliant, isn't it? It, it blows my mind. Yeah. Maybe you've got your pair for, for Halloween. Um, do you know what? Well, I the guards don't wear daps, do they? Oh, maybe not. No, I think it's the um, I think it's the main character, isn't it, who wears them? Yeah, it's the contestants. Yeah, the contestants. Yeah, the contestants wear them. Oh, maybe all the contestants wear them, of course. Yeah. yeah, I don't think the guards do. I can't remember what the guards wear on their feet. That's a good point. No, they wear black that. gloves. They have a black sort of nylon yeah. belt. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember what they have on their yeah. on their feet. And a now. rifle. I've got a, I've got a toy rifle. Well, wow. you can't. Now I what seem to recall Boyd that you told me you had ordered a square mask. Only the triangle guards have oh. the HK MP5 submachine guns. Here we go. I think you'll find. Here we go, Boyd. Um, <laughs> do you know I can't actually remember what shape what what um, mask I have ordered. I genuinely can't remember. So when I said it was square, I've, I can't okay. remember. It could be okay. triangle. Well, it will need to be triangle. Yeah. Oh, you have to, to lose triangle. the gun. Okay. Amazing. Fine. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you love it though. I did genuinely because yeah, I was really worried that you'd find it too much to deal with on a kind of you know. Well, it's only, it's only a 15, Boyd, as we discussed. It's only so 15. Oh, by the way, one of our um, avid listeners who corrects every time we make a mistake, which is regularly, okay, obviously, cool. says that um, BBFC does, does do the ratings for Netflix. Do so it's BBFC they? who have, a frankly, astonishing. Okay, well, then we need to have a conversation. <laughs> made it a 15. It is. As it gets on, it, it really is, though. But it's yeah. so, it's not just the gore, and it is gory. There's some neck action at one point, which... Was horrible, but but also it's the intensity of the violence yeah. and the yeah. scenario of the violence. And again, and I can't emphasize this enough: you, which is incredibly heightened and caricatured yeah. and stupid and funny, like is a hard eighteen. Yeah, and Squid Game is not, yeah, and that it's, makes it's no bewildering. Sense. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I, last night in Soho, for example, is that eighteen, isn't it? Which I, I was, I'm not sure. Um, it is an eighteen. Was, well, sorry, oh, you're telling me not? I'm telling you, you it's an eighteen. <laughs> and that I was like absolutely stunned by that. I think it's because there's some level of sexual violence. Yeah. I think apparently sexual violence is the, is what pushes something into an 18. Right. Most okay. often in the in the for the BBFC. Yeah. But it's a very but but generally I'd came away from last night in Soho thinking, oh, you know, I really enjoyed that and it's quite, you know, it, it's a kind of fun, you know, within the various contexts of what mm. it's what it's setting up um horror. But I didn't think it was 18 at all, even, you know, uh, but yeah, it is. But where Squid Game I'm thinking it's astonishing that it's only 50. Yeah. But, it, but as you say, it's it's really good. But it's not just that it's the aesthetic, which is striking and stunning. Mm. And it's not just that it's exciting and the games and all that stuff to it. But there, it, it goes places you don't expect. It's got yeah. some real emotional punch to oh, it God. as well. Uh, and uh, But I, I have questions. And we can't talk about it because they're spoilers. But mm. I, I have many questions mm. at the end of this series of things that are not tied up. Yeah. And not just from the, from the final episode, but from the penultimate episode. Big, big questions. Cliffhangers, if you will. Um, yeah. Uh, I think there's definitely going to be a second season. They haven't, as as, oh, as we yeah. speak now, they haven't yeah. announced it. But there was an interview with the creator in The Guardian. He was like, you know, obviously everyone's open to a second series. Yeah. I think they're just waiting for the right moment, aren't they, too? Well, he's even got storylines in mind, hasn't he? And yeah. he's, he's said what he's got in mind for it, if there is one. I would be, I would be absolutely... British Squid Game, where they go to the UK and it's what is... <laughs> what is it conquers and then like panini football football 87 cards oh, like they're swapping yeah. cards and yeah. whoever gets uh, uh kenny dalglish wins yeah. and the other one gets shot in the head yeah prawn games prawn games yeah <laughs> be prawn cocktail games sarah Phelps could write that as well. she could write that as well yeah. um <laughs> sarah i hope you got room in your schedule for this stuff because yeah. it's, it's vital i think the amazing thing about it is that final episode has, um actually anything i say will spoil it but i like the fact that it has rug pull yes. surprises it has surprises yeah. you it know surprises. and um and, and that's why i can't I, even more reason to love it is that mm. it does that as well yeah. and, on top of everything else that it's doing and, and genuinely yeah. making you think about 
capitalism and yes. exploitation <laughs> but that's, and that stuff. The whole show is about inequality yeah, and course. money and the obscenity of the ultra-wealthy and the desperation of the oppressed, impoverished working classes. Like It's a big old class struggle analogy. And do, one final question for me is, did you, you know that we had the discussion about the VIPs with, the, you know, yes. the people complaining about so, their performances. What, what did you think? What was interesting about that is, so during that, I watched that first episode with the VIPs I watched uh, half the episode twice. So right. I watched it first time with the subtitles and then I watched it again with huh? the dub because I was fascinated. Yeah. And obviously they don't dub the VIPs. The D- VIPs get their own voices. Right. Frontman speaks in English when he speaks to the VIPs, but he is dubbed even in the dub because they obviously have to keep him consistent with the guy who's been doing them up until that point. <laughs> so I was just fascinated <laughs> to see how they they, they yeah. manage yeah. that. But yes, the, the acting of the VIPs is awful. Like There's no getting around it. But... My takeaway from that, watching it, if I hadn't known any of your Kubrickian analysis mm. or any of that, I would have just assumed that it was English dialogue written by someone who didn't speak fluent English. That was my assumption right. watching it. Right. That it just felt like someone, this, English is not their first language, so that's why they speak in that rather wooden, stilted way. Because I'm not saying he's Google translated it, but you know what I mean. Like mm. it's, just, it's, not, it's not fluent, it's not native spoken English, because people hopefully don't actually speak like that. But yes, they were very mannered. I think it doesn't, it doesn't help that they're just, they're, I mean, they're kind of just awful. Like, yeah, of course. When they're on screen, not just because they're awful human beings, but they take you away from the show that you're loving and introduce an element that maybe isn't particularly entertaining. So you're already, I don't think, particularly well disposed to them being on screen. And then their dialogue is quite wooden and shit as well. So, mm. yeah, it doesn't. I, I kind of think they have to be there though because um because it does explain to some extent what's going on like it yeah. you know gives it a reason for the whole thing to exist mm. you know to some to some extent anyway so i think I, I'm fine with them. <laughs> I'm fine with them, everyone. The creator of Short Game will be pleased to know. Chill yeah. out, guys. That yeah. second yeah. season could go like, ahead for some, people, some people said it ruined it for them. You know? Oh, yeah, it definitely didn't ruin it for me. Strong. That's yeah. strong, isn't it? Yeah. I think if people were watching the dub, they probably wouldn't even notice because right. the dub all the way through has been that level of awful. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's just seamless. The, the performances <laughs> of, generally are very heightened, aren't they? That, yeah. you know, I mean, right from the start, the main guy... Oh, very. I yeah. mean, completely. But becomes less so as the series well, of goes on. He does, yeah. yes. Indeed. Yeah. That is, which is interesting. Because himself, he's very yes. caricatured initially, right. and then he becomes much more serious, as you would do. Funnily enough, once, uh, he's, <laughs> once he's witnessed the grotesque slaughter yes. of hundreds of people. Yeah, he chills out. He mellows yeah. out a little bit. Out. Yeah. <laughs> there's something, and I think this is fine to talk about, it's not really spoiler, but there's something about Gong Yu's character, Gong Yu from Train to Busan, uh, who turns up in this as the kind of recruiter. That, I think, on the subway platform is almost one of the most sinister things. That That's really 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 creepy yeah and like, I watched that first episode that first part of that again and it's like ooh, he gives me shivers because it's all smiles isn't it it's that smiles and it's that welcoming come into this scenario where you will be horribly mutilated and killed yeah. um <laughs> yeah yeah but I have questions like I say I have many many oh, yeah, questions there are, there are many yeah. questions about the motivation of many characters we should we should set up our own squid game yeah yeah <laughs> <Do that. laughs> Oh God, I'd be dead at the first hurdle. Really? Well, I'd probably what would just it... lie down. It's like it's like the zombie apocalypse question, isn't it? What what would you do in a zombie apocalypse? Where would you go? What would you do? What would you pack? I'd just off myself, to be I'd, honest. I'd be Negan. <laughs> But but like so so Squid Game. What would what would English Squid Game be like? What hopscotch? Like what? what hopscotch conkers. Conkers definitely. Ta- like a tag or something, I guess. British like bulldogs. British bulldogs. British bulldogs. Marbles is horrific. Fine. How would you make marbles? Is globally marbles. Marbles would work. How would you make stuck in the mud fatal? Oh uh, yeah. I don't know. 
Well, I guess it's just movement, isn't it? Similarly to to red light, green light. If it's if you move, then you're then you're killed. Yeah. Off ground tag was always a good one. Off ground tag. Cut my chin open doing off ground tag. Jesus Christ! Yeah. How do you play it in Swindon? Oh God! There's knives. <laughs> flick, yeah, yeah. Flick knives. It's not far off Squid Game, is what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> I turn into Negan with off yeah, ground it, tag yeah, in yeah. Uh, Swindon. <laughs> Listeners never play off ground tag with Beth. Your life may depend on it. All right, good. Well, we will stage our own pilot Squid Game using all of these suggestions at some point in the not too distant future. But Beth, what have you been watching? this week well I'll breeze through this shall I because you've both taken We're about up. half an hour each just a solid half hour <laughs> James right. on something we've already discussed for the past three or four episodes cool. and you've discussed on air at least 15 <laughs> yeah. times so the James the belated James Splaining of Squid Game that's right really oh yeah Squid Game for. turns out it's quite good I recommend it <laughs> for God's sake uh, I started Only Murders in the Building mm. didn't piece together John Hoffman of Looking obviously I just yes. watched Looking recently so yes. I was absolutely thrilled when I pieced that together uh, obviously wonderful. I was right about my seasonal watch. There's a really great um, scene in which Selena Gomez is wearing a big old pair of cozy socks yeah. in like a Nora Ephron-esque yeah. envir- um, apartment and, and it made me feel very toasty. I was thinking why I hadn't watched this sooner and it is the seasonal stuff and it was for me Selena Gomez not because I don't like her as an actor or a performer, you know, she's catchy. Um <laughs> She's always assigned to play kind of like the youth in a show. Mm, and the youth yeah. is usually quite unbearable. Like it takes quite a lot for... <laughs> if I was like, oh God, Steve Martin's right in the youth. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. But she is a great character and really goes toe to toe with the two of them really well. Uh, I'm, I'm two episodes in and I love it, obviously. Oh, yeah. um, and I will try and get it watched before. Because I'm hoping the list we've had to submit isn't final. Because we had to submit very quickly um, our well, shows. Well, it'd be an year. interesting hope. What if your empire? Yeah, empire, we had to do. Empire I think they were should... fine. I think you're fine. But you know, I'm right? Well, I can test that. It was I'm in sure. my top ten for sure. Yeah, it was yeah. in mine. Oh, maybe it was in my top ten. Maybe it was. I'll come back to it. And then I, I actually did go back and rewatch my show of the year to make sure it was my show of the year. It's still my See. show of the year. <laughs> come on. Oh, we have fun, don't we? Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> the Expanse the no, guys guys you just need to hold that number one spot open because the final season of The Expanse does air on <laughs> December the 10th what, what are you going to do because you, you will only to vote for that weren't you, you just yeah, well, I'm, saving, I'm saving the spot I'm saving the spot oh, what a pain in the arse <laughs> what is your favourite show of the year <laughs> you're never spoiling the review of the year special what are you doing no, but I thought you were about to say anyway. You, were, were you I wasn't going to, it? but I can oh. do. Yeah, it was for me. Feel good, season two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, for reasons I would go into in our in our, in our end of year. I mean, I hope it might we change. Can change it. Yeah, <laughs> it might change. Do you know what? Yeah, sorry, sorry, Empire, but that's Star Trek so Discovery so. comes out very soon. For goodness sake! Oh God! But also, I did watch what I I didn't include, but would be a strong contender. I got up early this morning to watch the first episode of Staff as Flats season three. Oh yeah. Before I could come yeah, in and talk yeah. about it. And I was so happy to the point where I got quite emotional watching it. Um I've got like I've got quite I, I don't know if either of you have this, but I have a, a real emotional attachment to this show. Um I don't know if you've well, James ever. doesn't okay, not with this one. That. No, no. <laughs> I mean I know we have to watch a lot of stuff on our own and we, I shared this show with a friend who was very poorly um when she was really poorly. Thankfully she's okay now. But um it was a show that made us laugh very much together during some pretty pretty shitty times. And we just watching it and watching it and being back with those characters again made me so happy and the comedy and the heart is still there to such a huge degree um Al saying that he's the big pig on the stairs is my boar on the floor yeah. 
2021. Uh, So I was just, I was just thrilled. And it's got this wonderful new emotional strand where Stath is now a dad. Um, The joke count in this is off the Mm. charts, off the charts. The characters are bad. The writing is better somehow. Um, I love it. I love it so much. I'm so pleased it's back. I really am going to have to try and ration it because I just... Yeah, it's all on. It's all on um, uh, all four, isn't it? It's all on all four. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and do it weekly if I can, because I I just, I don't want it to end already. Yeah, not just to be back with them. I, I love it. I love it so much. Like such a, such a great piece of writing. Beautiful cast. Beautiful, beautiful. Love it. See, I watched one episode, which I think was the first episode of series two, and I watched it in a hotel room on the Isle of Wight. Yeah. And by accident as well, because it was something which I thought we were going to be reviewing on the show, and then we didn't. So I watched it with no actual purpose. And I'm not sure whether though all of those various factors contributed to the fact that I was prepared to go on a tirade about it. But oh, God. It's hard to say. Yeah, or it might just be me. Yeah, I'm vaguely remembering this. Yeah, you yeah. Didn't, you didn't, I, oh no, didn't I, I, I thought it, it was comedically terrible. But oh, again, I, clearly I'm in the minority. I mean, so. this is a classic example of James not yeah. getting comedy. Yeah, and I mean... I, I mean, just didn't get it. Yeah, it was... It was Again, because I've got this like personal. It was a real testament to comedy and how comedy mm. can kind of summon laughs at a time when you don't think laughing is like possible. So I've always been, I've always had a real soft spot for it. Uh, and then on top of it, it's absolutely brilliant. Obviously bolstered by these amazing BAFTA wins. Like I can't mm. believe it beat Fleabag and stuff. But I'm Neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm quietly very happy that yeah. it did. He talked about. He's talked about on um, in interviews. Um, that he that making it as f- flat out funny as possible is his yeah. complete main aim, and that is he pulls that off, doesn't he? To, so to, much. Say, the gag rate. I think he did take longer to write the series. Yeah, but it's also sure quite it so tender because it's about his very. Yeah. I mean, his his literal sisters in it, Natasha Dimitri, who I adore in what we do in the shadows, which again we'll talk about later. But uh, it's got a real family dynamic, and then this this kind of uh, thing about being uh, immigrants in London, the, the the ridiculousness of the of the property market yeah. as well. It's just like it's. It's just fantastic. I love it. And Charlie Cooper pops up. um, Yes. Yeah. Yes. A native. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, still, James is lit. James is, could James not be less interested in this whole stuff. Let's yeah. Well, I, I, just, I just don't know what you're talking about. It's really all there is <laughs> so, to it. Welcome to my life every yeah. single Thursday. Yeah. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> that hours. is 100% fair. Right. Should we have a listener question? Should yes. we do this yes. thing? Uh, you guys picked one, as I recall. I'm not entirely sure what it is. So let's yeah, have a look and the, see no, what it is. The one you chose. And I, notice how I'm just, I'm just absolving myself of any responsibility <laughs> with this point. Yeah. Comes from Thomas Emmett. And it says, this is actually slightly, slightly weird one, but it's fine. Uh, I've been I've been listening to old episodes of the podcast during periods of insomnia. As a result, James Dyer occasionally appears in my dreams. <laughs> but that is not my question. And I'm very pleased. My question is, what TV shows have you watched so intensely that you begin to dream about them? Either being in the show or having elements of the show bleed into your dreams. I would say a lot of people must be dreaming about Squid Game. In fact, there was an article recently, I think, about this, about how Squid Game is affecting people's sleep. Like it's because really? it, the themes are so heavy, yeah. and as we've mentioned, the visual palette is so distinct. Yeah, you can totally imagine how that could imprint itself on your subconscious. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, for one, I would like to hear more about the dreams in which you appear. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that that is a that is in a in general that is a box people, that never needs to be in opened. In general, when people say it's a real red flag, so when people say, "Oh, you won't believe what I dreamt last night," mm. that whole 
thing, gam, gam, kind of conversational game, is like, no one cares what your fucking dream is. <laughs> yeah. But in this case, <laughs> when someone's dreaming of James Dyer, yeah. no, I really, we really need yeah. to know more. I, I would like yeah. to know, is we it a fantasy? Don't. Is it a nightmare? Mm. We're back to Bohemian Rhapsody again. Um, <laughs> no, no, it is not real life. It's not a fantasy. I don't want to know. Uh, but but have you, have you dreams... Do you dream about staff letting flats? Is this a thing? <laughs> no. No? No, I don't. I did have a little, I had a little moment earlier. Trying to remember your dreams is a tough thing. Um, but I do remember having really bad nightmares back in the day watching the Hush episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm surprised. And I don't think I'm alone in that. Um, <laughs> that was, so the one with the floating skull-like beings i don't yes. know the, the names of them and then the uh, gentleman yes <sighs> includes um, one of the best sight gags in all of buffy it's it's the mimed masturbation gag which is <laughs> genuinely fucking laugh out loud funny god when she's miming how to stake someone and then she realizes what she's doing and starts shaking her head wildly <laughs> it's brilliant i love it um but yes <laughs> Terrible nightmares because I watched it when I was. To be honest, when Buffy came on BBC Two the first time, I I stopped watching it after an episode because I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. It was too scary. Um, And then came back to it and yeah, hush and did all the hard work I'd done coming back around to the show. Horrifying. Um, I'll be honest, I don't remember a lot of my dreams, but I did have one (laughs) recently, uh, and this lends to I can't remember saying it. It's really random. Uh, But my friend was a producer on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, It was being filmed. Pinewood for some reason. Wow. Well, and, the Netflix one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a producer on it. Um, and my, I, I got a cat recently and my cat and I were at Pinewood Studios and we've been tasked with getting rid of all the mice. That's great. <laughs> that filming. is good. Was your cat talking to you? She wasn't. I wish she was. So, so not like the original Sabrina then, more like no. the chilling... Not Cats, like a Salem yeah. one. She was very good at getting the mice lover. But yeah, just 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 a really wild, st- stupid, weird dream. But I think I've answered the question at least. Well, you that's have. good. Yeah. <laughs> I have dream I've had dreams and I've definitely had dreams about being on set watching stuff yeah. being filmed. Yeah. Um, which isn't quite because obviously I have done that a lot in my yeah. twenty years of being um a heat magazine, etc. So I've been on a lot of sets. I do have dreams, but I have dreams I have dreams about going to the set of things that I haven't actually been on set up at all. So um, I've definitely had dreams about being on set of Kirby Enthusiasm. I've definitely watched that being filmed. Wow. And sometimes it's so realistic that I do think, well, hold on, have I been on set of Kirby Enthusiasm? No. In my dreams, literally in my dreams, have I watched that? Because I think it's partly because I am obsessed, fascinated by the process. Because you know he, Larry David, writes an outline uh, you know, like six, seven page outline, very detailed outline of each episode mm. of what's going to happen. But it is fucking improvised. The, the dialogue is, which I find so ridiculous. And in fact, he was on um, the Late Late Show with James Corden last week, by the way, if, it was really funny. And one of the funniest bits of it was the band leader said to him, you do really not script the whole thing. Come on, that's the truth. You really do. Because there are lines that are like perfectly honed little lines. And he's like, mm. no, no, we, you know. So I find that whole process fascinating. And I've definitely dreamed that I observed it and kind of spoke to Larry and, you know, about the whole process. But that didn't, that didn't happen at all. So there's that. Um, and I think the only other, th- I think, the th- I, I do, I have definitely dreamt of Doctor Who um, when I was younger. I definitely like, mm. you know, in a similar way to your Buffy dreams, I think. I've definitely dreamt of like the sca- the, the, the monsters that I was scared mm. by yeah. most. There was a sea monster in the 70s that really got me for some reason. Oh, the, the web thingy? Yeah, with the gills. I'm just gesticulating wildly around are, my face. Yeah. But, you know, I know the ones, with, yeah. the, they had the little satellite dish guns. Yeah, and I, yeah. I found those really creepy. 
Yeah. Wasn't there one with, oh God, there was a Doctor Who one where there were, it was like a post-apocalyptic, like robots, but people were wearing brightly coloured clothes. I'm having yeah. an image. Yeah. I remember that scaring the living shit out of me yeah. when I was Because Doctor Who is a horror a series, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And for kids, yeah. it's yeah. quite harrowing. It was, it's very cleverly designed. If You, you know, the, the, even the episode, even though it was very famously, people took the piss out of being looking cheap and, you know, it was... Back in those sure. days, f- filmed on video, and it was it has got a you know that Blake Seven yeah. cheap quality. But actually, because it was so, often so, the production design and the creation of the creatures, etc., was I mean the Daleks are fucking scary. Mm. Um, that that was uh, that it did scare you, even though you know part of you knew that it was kind of cheap <laughs> but put together with cardboard it was a simpler time the winning yeah. suspension of disbelief mm. particularly came from the fact that the creatures were brilliantly designed and creepy and scary and I was and I did dream about a lot of them it's a question for you boys so, so Doctor Who I remember it might be because I was a child but I remember Doctor Who being properly terrifying when I was a yeah. kid is it less horror based now no, would you no, say no it's still a lot of that now like, okay. in fact funny enough the, the episode that I talked about being funny also is has some really creepy elements like mm, the, right. you know the, the weeping angels are brilliantly creepy yes that you can't you know you can't blink in their in their um, presence and all of that um, so those ideas are still there, yeah. They're still it's still scary, and in fact, the the, the new the new creepy skull like monster things that are in this first episode, the new series are creepy, creepy as well. If you're if you're you know twelve thirteen. I think 11, 12, 13 years old, then you would find it pretty scary. Yeah, that, that element is, is a key to the whole thing, yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, interesting. I've never dreamt of being in Doctor Who that I can remember. But I've, I mean, clearly the amount of TV I watch, I've absolutely dreamt of being in. I'm sure most of these <laughs> yeah. shows at one point or another and just don't remember it. I've definitely been a member of the Enterprise Bridge crew at oh, some point in my dreams. Yes, I mean, that, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> absolutely. Captain I can't remember. James T. Dyer. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> A hundred percent. And I can't remember a specific instance, probably because it just happens so often that I'm just, oh, I'm here again. Here I yeah. am. In yeah. the captain's chair. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that kind of thing. It's it's going to be Star Trek. It's going to be Battlestar Galactica. It's going to be one of those things yeah. where I'm on a space. It's, clearly, clearly that's going to happen. But uh, I don't know. Like, I seem to recall, I seem to recall having, and this would have been when I was much younger, dreaming that I was part of Robin of Sherwood. Remember Robin of Sherwood? Look, yeah. me, Michael Prade. Yeah. Not Jason Connery, Michael Prade. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Uh, I was one of the Merry Men. And I, I, I do vaguely recall <laughs> being, you know, me and Ray Winston hanging out Fantastic. with Michael Prade yeah. in Robin of Sherwood. I oh, do I, I do recall that. Because <laughs> I used to watch... So, Were you so, Fry Tuck? I don't think I was Fry Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I was, to be honest. I think I was like an extra merry man. I don't think I slipped Amazing. into one of the existing archetypes. But I remember, so I used to... Obviously, that was a, that was a Sunday afternoon, evening type show originally yeah. when it first aired. Was it Saturday or Sunday? One of the two. I don't remember. Carry, carry. I, used to, I remember when we used to play swords with my friends. I used to be Nazir. I used to like Nazir. He was great. Uh, but... But anyway, so I, but I remember when I was a teenager, they started rerunning them on Sky One on a Sunday lunchtime. And I remember I always used to have to get up because wow. I was a teenager and lunchtime was when I got up. Yeah. I always had to get up in time to watch Robin of Sherwood on a Sunday. And <laughs> I'd be upset great. if I overslept and missed Robin of Sherwood on a Sunday on Sky One. Uh, good, I yeah. may have digressed slightly from the original point, yeah, but I'm just you know saying. What? You just reminded me Grange Hill. I'm, I'm, I definitely dreamt about Grange Hill. You dreamt from being in Grange Hill. Yeah, I de- Grange Hill had, a, uh, you know, various times had a big effect on me. Like I definitely remember what, I was watching Grange Hill avidly, you know, for for, for years and years. Did and years, anyone definitely... watch Grange Hill avidly? Uh, yeah, seems... you, I think there was like I think most people who watched Grange Hill had like a maybe four or five year period where you watched it for three, four, five years, and then yeah. you stopped because it was you know moved on. <laughs> you How moved long did on. it run for? Oh my god, years now. Because it was, now, I guess it was, it was. A, it was a kid's soap, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Oh, it went it went on for ages. Because I never watched it. I know my mum didn't you approve never it. Watched well, no, because I know oh, you know that I've told you. you my mum yes. complained to the BBC about the way they spoke in Grange Hill. More of a Downton Abbey boy myself. Uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't. Right, it wasn't a fan. Thirty-one series. 600, 601 oh, episodes, my God. 1978 to 1998, and then, and then 1998 to 2000. Like, I had no yeah. idea. I like, no idea. I remember Zamo and Tucker. And I don't think I remember anyone else. 30 fucking years that went on for. Jesus. So, yeah. People, people, yeah. I mean, and I Mr. Watch... Bronson, who was in Emma right, Mr. Back. Bronson, yeah, yeah. But that period, right, exactly. Yeah, I was watching it avidly mm. at that point. And I was definitely dreaming, having dreams about yeah. me and Grange Hill, for sure. Someone died in like a swimming pool, didn't they? That yeah. was a thing. Yeah, yeah. It dealt with big, my big heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No. I don't know if we've answered that question or not, Emmett. Let's uh, let's assume have. that did. we did. Yeah. Oh, Beth answered your question. <laughs> yeah. Beth answered Succinctly your question. So one of us. <laughs> one of us answered your question. Uh, you now probably know much more about us than you ever really wanted to, and I definitely know more about you than I think I wanted to. But, Imagine uh, if he yeah. dreams of us talking about dreams. Uh, having listened to this podcast, it's all going to be messy. Oh, yeah. If he starts dreaming of me in like a merry man costume, I don't want to know about it. So, I mean, if that happens, please keep it to yourself. Okay, please I think that it. would be for the best for be everyone. Honest. If you have been dreaming about Boyd or Beth and wish to share your <laughs> thoughts on that, then please do send them to us at Pilot TV Pod on Twitter. Uh, I look forward to reading about those. Shall we talk about this week's news? Did either of you see the Wheel of Time trailer? Yes. That ridiculous yes. fucking stupid thing. Like, yes. Yeah. What I didn't understand was we sent the, sent the email about this and it, by Amazon yeah. Prime, and it said it's on this YouTube 360 mm. degrees something or other. Yes. I, it looked like a normal trailer to me. So stupid. Okay. So here are my things. And I apologize to all the Amazon publicists who are listening to this going, why are you doing this? But honestly, come on. So the idea with this is that it was a 360 trailer. It was a first ever 360 trailer so I got my little phone out ooh it's exciting 360 eyes to die everywhere it's going to be brilliant seaside in etc anyway you bring it up and actually it's a trailer but it's 80% more shit than a normal trailer because you can't watch it properly because your phone is in a 3D environment where it's stone on the floor stone on the walls there's mist behind you and there's just a TV essentially yeah, in front of yeah. you in this VR environment so you have to align your phone perfectly yeah. so you can see the trailer because if you turn it you're yeah. just looking at like a, a sconce with a brazier in it or something and it's just like, well, just show us the fucking trailer. And if you're going to do it in like a 360 3D thing, have something going on, yeah. like make it a 3D trailer. Like, this was the worst gimmick I've ever experienced. Oh, I fully agree with you on this. <laughs> God. But it was so stupid. I watched it this morning, actually, before I come in. And then I just, I couldn't get it. Because it's only like, what, two, three minutes long? Yeah. Less than that. So I was trying to like, I missed part of it because I was trying to yes, realize trying it. to find the screen. Like, where is it? some like wisps of sea or whatever the fuck was oh, going God. on behind it. And then, so is that... Is that indicative of the format of the show? Are we no, getting some sort no. of immersive? What the hell? It's but my whole thing was like there was nothing in the press release to show me where I could just watch the trailer yeah. without all of that nonsense. Yeah. And so I still haven't seen the trailer properly no. because I was forced to watch it while standing in like a chilly castle tower, which was unnecessary. Well, I watched it on my laptop, so I did. And it didn't... did it still have the three Dness? Um, it's got like a little um, thing in the corner. Yeah, no, oh, so you can look around. Yeah, yeah. You, you, oh, so you can watch it normally. See, I was on my yeah. phone. That's where yeah, I went wrong. Watch it normally. Um, 
but I was slightly underwhelmed. But I just think I don't know. Just uh, judging it on the trailer, like um, uh, Sophie Petzl tweeted about it. It's something really funny that the performances seemed variable. Half the cast seemed to be in Doctor Who, and the other half seemed to be in Lord of the Rings. And I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. So um, she doesn't mind me quoting her. That is fantastic. Too late now. Yeah, Uh, Uh, but she said in a public forum on Twitter, so you know. Um, But fair enough. It doesn't mean that you can't judge, can you? From it definitely, I felt like almost more than any show of this kind. It did look a bit Lord of the Ringsy. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like, um, what do you call them? The trollocks. 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 Yeah, those things. A lot of trollocks. Yeah. There you go. A um, load of trollocks, one might say. Right. So, um, yeah, it looked quite YA. Is, is it a YA no. official? Well, no. Okay. I mean, it's hard to say. It's the kind of thing where you could go YA with it, but it's not, no, it's not, it's right, not a okay. YA series. Fine. But fine. Okay. Well, I, I'm, yeah, fine. Um, I'm, but yeah, it didn't put me off, but yeah. I equally didn't make me go, oh, this is the most amazing thing ever. It's interesting this, because it cost, I think, was it eight or 10 million an episode? I think it's eight. Like, I mean, it's a lot. Like, it's a very expensive, yeah. like more than Game of Thrones began as. Like, it's yeah. properly right. expensive. And when we saw the first trade of this, I remember saying to you guys, I'm worried it looks cheap. And now I know the budget of the episode. It is clearly anything but cheap. Yeah. Uh, I, it just, that didn't come across from the trailer, but I think this is one of these things. So Bezos, like Jeff Bezos, wanted essentially their Game of Thrones. Like that's the idea. They want something like that. And the idea with this, I mean, it's a huge series. It's like fourteen books. It has scope. My concern for Wheel of Time, and I do think I'm going to really enjoy it because mm. it couldn't be more me if it tried. <laughs> My concern with with this from a from a Prime Video point of view is I don't know that it has the crossover appeal they think it does. There's a really interesting piece on this in GQ actually, where a guy, uh, the writer, was on set. I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but. Uh, was on set and like he's, he goes into the ins and out and the business cases for it and you know he voices a lot of these concerns from having spoken to him like it looks really really good but the thing with Game of Thrones is Game of Thrones was first and foremost a show about characters yeah characters awful characters doing awful things but fascinating like it spoke to the stuff which is universal and all of the dragons and the nonsense and stuff that was window dressing whereas this is about dragons and nonsense like it's about trollocs and fades and one powers and messianic figures like it's all big fantasy themes which I think from Game of Thrones certainly early on were very secondary to everything else and I I think that more than anything is going to affect this show's crossover appeal because this is proper nerd law like love fantasy or don't watch this show kind of to me that's 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 what it is to me your mileage may vary and bearing in mind I'm basing this on my knowledge of the books I have not seen any episodes of the show so I cannot judge it yet I will let you know when I have um but that, so I, I do wonder whether this will have that kind of crossover. Unless, unless you guys think Game of Thrones has softened everyone up enough that they're now very open to high fantasy and sorcerers and, you know, white towers full of Aes Sedai and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm feeling quite overwhelmed by that genre at the moment and pretty at the, like, at the epicenter of these streaming wars, which are now essentially how we watch television is, is these <laughs> mm. massive biz to outdo each other. I was talking to someone, uh, I met someone the other day who's going to be in the big Apple uh, Band of Brothers next thing. And he's like, you know, this is going to be Apple's big thing. And I'm like, We've, have we not just had Apple's big thing with Foundation? And is, you know, Invasion not Apple's big See. thing? And that's, <laughs> everything is, and, and Amazon, you know, this is our next big thing. And Lord of the Rings is going to be the next big thing. So I just, I don't know how much I can buy into the hype. We have nothing but big things. <laughs> <laughs> when you've got, you know, this tripod of of streaming platforms chucking the next big thing at us in this like really desperate 
huge budget way to outdo each other all the time. So I'm feeling a little bit desensitized to it. If anything, my takeaway from that trailer is I I loved Rosamund Pike and I care a lot. Mm. So I'm just, you know, excited to see mm. what she's up to. Yeah, same Rosamund um, Pike. Totally. She's, yeah. yeah. Right. That's the, that for me is like, even if it is a bit YA, I'm mm. like, well, at least Rosamund Pike I don't Pike think it necessarily is. will be. No, I know. No, and no, she's great. Like, just, she is great casting. Yeah. Because that's a great character. And they are mm. honing in my emotional stakes. You know, you know, we, we do what we want, like what we can for the people we love at any cost. And I'm like, well, that makes me care slightly more than the more kind of clinical sci-fi kind of things or fantasy things I've seen recently. But I just, I'm just feeling really overwhelmed by this, this streaming war, yeah. you know, chucking money at the things for sake, the sake of it, buying into this big talent, buying into these big concepts, you know, fighting over source material that means so much to people. It just feels very uh, quick fire. And and I, I'm sure this is the big thing and, and I probably will really enjoy it. I'm just like, my hype is... is um, tapered slightly I, it has an interest I like the gendered premise at the center of it I think is interesting to me like I think and that's that's that I think might translate very well to this show but HBO just I've, I've even forgotten what it was called there was an HBO fantasy where it was just women who had superpowers wasn't it and set in like well the nevers uh, yeah but that, that's yeah. The, not just but mainly women yeah mainly women but and I mean has has that been renewed on it do you know like I, I've already feel like uh, I'm, I'm already a bit like are we still tapping into this kind of like I still women having it all fight well like no so girl. this this is so this is slightly different so you realize you've opened <laughs> the door go. to this so you know like when someone's when someone's uh you know testifying and, and this oh, you've opened the door for this this is what you've done yeah. uh so so men can use the one power as well right but it's split into two parts there's there's sidar which is what women use and sidine which is what men use right. the men, but the men's half of the one power is tainted so anyone who uses the men's power goes mad like it, it makes them go mad so right. you can use magic as a man but yeah. it won't go well for you so i, I that's quite interesting okay. the idea that sort of like they, they describe it as having it's like the power's got like a like a, a like a film of like filth or oil on it there's something just nasty about touching it right. and it, it affects the men who use it and drives them mad okay i mean it's still and it was marketed that it's like women get to harness this power in really interesting ways men not so much and it's just I mean I really love I mean the main character is still a dude okay I mean look <laughs> how that worked out for why I'm the last man <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> to be fair um, but yeah I'm sure and and I'm I'm not familiar with the source material so I'm not really wanting to comment on this as well as so I'm pointing at James <laughs> but I just I just feel a little bit desensitised and I'm sure this is you know part of our job as well but you know it's the same for consumers it's just this like bloody moneyed battle between like HBO Max, Apple, Amazon, Netflix. I just feel like we'll blink, we'll watch a few episodes of this and then it'll be the biggest thing ever from the other one. I just, I'm, I'm just feeling a bit too, yeah, just a bit too numb to it all at the moment. Oh, I'm, I know what you mean though. I, 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 I'm I, very much with you. Yeah, I think, I mean, I kind of look... What, you're saying we're having too much of a good thing is your, is your concern. I think the I think the default idea of all of the big streamers, as you say, seems to be big, huge fantasy thing. We've got exactly what Beth just said. We've got to find our Game of Thrones. Um, I think HBO is interesting because, like, I mean, they did do the Nevers, <laughs> which was a. I think there's still the whole second half of the Nevers, by the way, to come in next year. So right. you'd be looking forward to that, mm -hmm. which was a variable, wasn't it? I mean, there was a whole big Joss Whedon thing going on with yeah. that, wasn't there? Anyway, there about was. the whole creative mm. showrunner thing going on. Um, which definitely, that confusion, mm. shall we say, definitely um, made its way onto the screen, I think, to oh, some yes. extent. But I do find it quite exhausting, the prospect of another huge big fantasy world arriving in a 10-part epic 
season where each episode costs $10 million and the world building I is going to happen. Lest we forget there is literally another Game of Thrones coming next year. So. Yeah. Right, but what I was gonna say, that was what I was going to say. I interrupted myself. What I was going to say was at least with HBO, apart from the Nevers, they've got all of the, it's all in, they've got the Game of Thrones universe. You feel like you've already done the homework. Established. Oh yeah, right. I do. I do feel, yeah. so I'm less, so I'm like, I, I find it quite fretful in a way. Yeah, having to enter into these, what was the one where was the big ship and there was like, I think it was on Netflix. Like Netflix seems to have a lot of them. And like The Witcher. I yeah. mean, I found The Witcher, right? I watched that first episode. I think we said this when we reviewed it. And I was like, it's so confusing. You mean Shadow and Bone? Shadow and Bone, right. Yeah. Shadow and Bone. The Grishaverse. Yes. I was like, oh no. Yeah. All of that. I find it quite stressful to, to deal this with. This interests yeah. me because I fucking live for this shit. Like, yeah, I, I like, give do. me a new mythology and I'm just like a pig in shit. I'm like wallowing in it. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> give me all of this arcane nonsense. Yeah, no, I find it quite, I find it daunting. Like, because they've all got, they've all, they're all, got not enough they've all not got enough sorry that was very incoherent of me they've all not got enough story I feel to drive them for the 10 it's partly the streaming bloat if you like yeah. that I feel they all yeah. have an issue with yeah um, you know you watch June right I mean I was the film and he the fact that he tells that story I don't know that's there's a second part coming <laughs> it's half a, half a story but yes. <laughs> the amount the sheer amount of stuff that is transmitted in terms of the world building all that in June, if he can do it in two and a half hours, then I'm sorry, guys, you know, taking your 12, 10, 10 episodes each, there's no excuse for it. So I feel like that way about those shows as yeah. well, to some extent. So I'm yeah. definitely in the Beth camp for that, 100%. I, I hope that I'm open-minded enough to to know when I watch the first episode or first couple of episodes and think, oh, this is something special. But I, I'm particularly not here at the moment for Lord of the Rings. And I know, like, that... That's fit, interesting. Oh, God, I feel I mean, you've got like, a year to get excited. I've got a year but... to... And I know it's got great people in it, yeah. like, people I know who are in it, in fact. <laughs> um, but... That fills me more at this moment in time, weirdly, with a bit of dread than it does, oh, I can't wait for The Lord of the Rings. I'm like, mainly because I'm not a huge fan of the whole, you know, the Hobbit films. Like, oh. Yeah, but I, and I understand it, but I think The Lord of the Rings, those three films were almost perfect pieces of cinema. Like, and they told that story beautifully. And then The Hobbit took a piss all over that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then the worry is that this will then further, right. sort of further sully yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, this is the fact this is finding new strands of The Lord of the Rings world to tell this huge, big, epic thing that's going to be. Yeah. 10, 20, 30 hours. Oh, I, I've, yeah, it does fill me with, you know, that's where I re I think, you know, just give me a fucking succession. Yeah. <laughs> because you don't, need to, you don't need to learn the mythology before yeah. you get into it. It's a lot to take on. That's interesting. Yeah. I think this is, this is very much where our tastes diverge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm But once like I'm into it, you know, once, I think the genius of that Game of Thrones, going back to your original point about Game of Thrones, was mm. absolutely right. That it was the tone of that first episode, remember, which they scrapped, of course, and redid it. Yep. And I yep. think that was so brilliant because what they ended up with was was a funny, a really funny kind of um, cheeky, bawdy quality to it. Yeah. Um, you know, when once he's like, he's, he's having incestuous sex in the first episode and he's chucking what's his name out of the window. That's right. Yeah. Poor old that, that, that brilliantly establishes it as something different and special. Also, and I still think it's very rare, I think, that that happens like that. So it was it was kind of brilliant from the off and not... Not the world being just happened while yeah. you were get while you're interested and excited about the sheer thrill of it all. But also, when did that air? It was like 2013, 2014. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a long time ago. Long time ago, yeah. Even sure. if you didn't yeah. watch it in, when it first aired, you caught up with it a year or so later because of word of mouth, and there wasn't anything else like it. Whereas now, yeah, everything is like it. <laughs> everything <laughs> is exactly. like it. Or trying to outdo it, or best it in terms of budget or concept or source yeah. material. It's just. 
grappling at anything they can get their hands on mm. and it's just a bit yeah just a bit desensitizing but that has, has it ever been thus yeah, do you know that, what is, I mean? that escalated quite a lot from watching the trailer for the week <laughs> it did it did I just you know taking a spatsy wheel at the time I should say I'm 100% not here for stupid gimmicky 360 trailers so kill, kill them with fire that said I am very very psyched for this show and I'm very much looking forward to it so okay. we haven't got long to wait because um, it's no I know it's imminent it's a couple yeah, of weeks isn't yeah, it yeah weeks, it's nearly right. here yeah. the wheel of time turns quite quickly it turns out and <laughs> it will be here very soon uh, what else has happened well the big news of the week for fuck's sake was <laughs> obviously Happy Valley uh, yes Season coming back for something great Thank fuck for that. How long is it? The kid's grown up now. This is what we've established. It's the kid's grown yeah, up. The yeah, kid's grown that, up. We can that now. Story, yeah, yeah that the, I've always found quite difficult to believe, but apparently, you know, because he's grown up and he's going to be in it. And um, Sarah Lancashire, James Norton, Siobhan Finner, and all coming back. S- Sally Wainwright's written 60 episodes. That broke in the middle of the week. And everyone, I tweeted about it on. Uh, and the response—I've never seen anything like it. Like the love for that show, yeah, um, which made me the fact that I put it in my top ten of the century. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, made me feel good that I'd done that because the response was so phenomenal Aww. from all kinds of people, actors and people. I only watched it last year for the first time. Oh, yeah, because I'd never seen ridiculous. it. Because like Terry had said, it's one it's... of the most miserable shows you'll ever watch. Right. And so I never watched it, and then <laughs> I finally did, and it's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> you watched both series. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, now I feel I want to rewatch them again, and I think they are on iPlayer. I think again. I mean, they are bleak as fuck. There's no getting around. Yeah, but they're it, so but... brilliantly done. Yeah, that there are some shows that are incredibly bleak and have hor- horrendous. I mean, the sexual violence in, in you know that's a lot. To, 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 it to, is. To I mean, that's with. why I struggle. Are with you it. joking me? So you've watched it? I haven't watched it by the way. But you've watched Happy Valley. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I should I mean destroy you, yeah. which yeah. is yeah. not even yeah, Happy Valley. The I like, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, okay. So Happy Valley did traumatize me. Don't get me wrong. I did. I struggled with that, but. I like there were characters that I really rooted for and I liked and I may destroy you the pilot failed the bell and test I'm sorry it just did oh, so Jesus you know yeah. you watched two two seasons of Happy Valley you yeah. won't watch three more episodes an hour and a half of I may destroy you <laughs> you joking me <laughs> I mean you, you just I mean James inconsistency and not you know I mean it's all it's all a big mess but oh, yeah I'm just gonna close but you, so you haven't watched any Happy Valley no. oh, what tree you've got what, yeah. that's fantastic do I it sounds no. miserable well, no, no it's, it's really good. So good it's, it's so really really good storytelling Mm. The, the 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 dialogue she directs you know yeah. some of yeah. the best it just doesn't live up to its name <laughs> right well the whole yeah um, yeah no I think you I think you're gonna alright yeah. when is the next season so they'll start filming in early 2022 and I think it'll be it'll end up being on I'm saying mid to late 2022 yeah. okay sure. I've got a bit of time that yeah, is really time. good news yeah. and Succession has scored a fourth season yes. surprising precisely no one glad I was sat down for yes. that one <laughs> <laughs> Jesus um, I mean it was inevitable but is it gonna be the last one uh, I no, that, I don't think so. Do you not think? No, I think uh, two more. I think there's going to be five. I think um, it's interesting in the interviews that were done. First of all, um, in my interview with um, Alan Ruck, he referred to the fourth series pretty pretty strongly. <laughs> I, I genuinely thought it, it, it all be, uh, it been it was officially acknowledged. I thought it was right. like, oh yeah, of course it's a fourth season because yeah. the way he spoke about it on uh, on my interview with him was completely like um, it's happening. Yeah, this is happening. This mm-hmm. is happening. Yeah. But it was only officially uh, officially confirmed this week. But um, Brian Cox in one interview said he thought a couple more seasons right, and if he's yeah. saying that he's so close to um, he's the one that I think you know the showrunners mm. talk to about you know he's he get, he finds out as I said this in, in our in our special yeah. he finds out the story arcs before everyone else yeah. I think he's I think he knows that I think roughly five and I think one more doesn't feel enough to me I think there's def- there's more than enough it could go on for years and years but we'll I think exhausted Exhausted. Yeah, but in a great way, surely. I wonder if he, I mean, we're speculating, but I do you wonder if he's going to make it to the end? That will be interesting. Yeah, I think it'll be fascinating. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, I've no, I have absolutely no idea, but I mean, you know, we hear 
they've all said that the the, the ending to the series was mind blowing. I mean, what can that be? You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, and they've talked about how obviously we all know that they were going to kill them off much, much sooner. Much sooner. Um, so they could kill them off. But I think I'd be devastated if they do because I think it's so fantastic. I would. I just don't know how how authentic that would be, even with his money. He's well, if, not they, if they killed him off. If they or didn't if they kill him, him off. If he kept Rupert going, Murdoch's still going. Rupert Murdoch's still in his fucking whatever, yeah, 80s, true. 90s, Christ still going. keeping that alive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once <laughs> it's, if it's still going, then as far as I'm concerned, Logan Roy can keep going. That's true. It's very true. You're right. I'm being I'm being too harsh. <laughs> Mythic Quest has been renewed for season three. Oh, and I four. thought you were joking. No, okay. no, it has. It has. Did okay. you watch the announcement video for it? I didn't know. It was absolutely fantastic. So it's Rob. McCallany uh, on a video call with Anthony Hopkins who of course he oh, did, the, did the voiceover for um, yes. their special episode uh, and he's trying to get him to come back on and he he's like yeah maybe and he keeps mispronouncing Mythic Quest calling it Mr. Quest he keeps calling Rob like John or or Dan and he's like no it's, it's Rob and he's like yeah yeah maybe and then Jason Sudeikis calls in. Oh, I haven't seen this. And uh, uh, is chatting to Anthony Hopkins, and Anthony Hopkins is trying to pitch to get on Ted Lasso oh, um, and saying that he could be Ke- Keely's new boyfriend in the next season. And Jason Sudeikis is like, Yeah, we'd love to have you audition. And that's the end of the video. <laughs> it's really good. Oh, that sounds good. amazing. I, 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 no, I, I haven't seen that. It's um, very good. Segging into some personal news. <laughs> this week I had a celebrity sighting oh, yeah. um, and I don't know how you feel about seeing some I mean you're friends with them all so you probably just go up and say yeah. hi was Boyd with whoever you saw <laughs> like, well also we have a whole spread in heat called Spotted which I'm sure you know, you know about so well, this, this is good. a good Spotted uh, I was <laughs> it was a Beaconsfield uh, service station wow yeah uh, and I saw a really good dog in the car park, so I stopped to admire the dog. Just to be clear, was it a famous dog? Or... No, right. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Building the scene. Building the scene. It was one of those sort of wrinkly dogs, and I was like, ha, ha, stopped. Someone else was stopping to also admire the dog. It was Sarah Niles, aka the therapist from Ted Lasso season two. Oh, really? Doctor Sharon liked the dog. <laughs> Sharon that was a good spot. also stopped, and she was talking to the owner about this wrinkly dog. And I, <laughs> I was like rooted to the spot because I think she's great I mean we've we've spoken about Ted Lasso yeah. I'll be honest that wasn't in my end of your list but she was wonderful in it but yeah she was also admiring this dog and then I had to sort of tail around the service stations to the women's uh, toilets so that was really funny that was a good spot that's one Loved of the best it. was she cycling or driving this she is very like, important she's wearing an amazing like royal blue kind of blazer she looks really cool but yeah I just sort of trundled behind her because I mean in like staged interviews and stuff I'm fine when yeah. I see anyone out on the street I, no matter who it is I lose it like completely lose it so I sort of trailing Sarah Niles people do get very excited about seeing famous people in yeah oh listen boys yes people do get very excited I mean I personally don't of course because there's no other people that I just hang out with I would be excited if I saw anyone from Ted Lasso in real life yeah yeah. but it's certain people like if you saw Larry David you'd lose your shit wouldn't you you would lose your shit totally anyone else would say hi and they'd go Boyd Boyd how you doing talking of Rob McElhenney you know him and Dry Reynolds were actually at Wrexham yes. yeah. I did know I that mean, I saw the pictures yes. I mean that very would be sweet. fucking brilliant yeah Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm very much here for them and so spotting funny them and weird. in <laughs> yeah <laughs> right has there been any other news or shall we move on to reviews I mean there has but let's we, we, we spoke so long about the bloody thing of time we, we did anything you want to cover in dispatches or should we just move the hill of time the yes, hill of love time. the hill of time um, alright no, fine. fine let's move on to this week's reviews um, and let's begin with 
the show that we weren't able to do last week, which is, of course, Show Trial. This is the Beeb's latest candidate for Sunday night's vigil slot. This one stars Sinead Keenan and Tracy Ifatchor as investigating officer and defence lawyer in the case of a missing girl, which ends up putting a very entitled and very rich girl, who is also a bellend, in the dock. <laughs> Innocent or guilty Boyd? Uh, good question. This, so this is yeah, the latest... I mean, don't literally say that. No, that would spoil not, the show. Yeah, so. spoil, well, I don't know yet either, by the way. So Ooh. this is um, the latest show from the people who gave us Line of Duty. Did you say this already? No. Line of I Duty. I didn't know. World Productions. <laughs> so Line of Duty Visual World Productions, who have now colonised the Sunday night BBC One yeah. slot. And you can't blame them because they are so fucking good at this stuff, I yeah. think. Yeah. It's written by Ben Richards. He also did um, Cobra, Strike. <laughs> I was like, didn't we just do him? Yeah. <laughs> With Cobra, yeah. Um... And uh, but this, I think this is on a this is on a whole other level. I think yeah. it's fair to say from um, certainly from Cobra. But Strike, he did a really good job with Strike, by the way. Yeah. Strike, I love Strike. Um, strike is great. Yeah, we love Strike. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you say, it focuses on this. Um, we've, I've only seen one episode, which I have yeah. to say, um, because and the second episode will have gone out already, but I haven't watched it yet. But um, they're definitely rationing these episodes quite rightly, and they're not putting it all out in one go. It's you have to it's properly watching it serial because, and I think it is instantly fascinating yeah. and gripping the yeah. idea that this as you say this massive bell end this spoiled brat of a young woman um talitha by, by the way what kind of oh. name is talitha oh. amazing brilliant bit of Absolutely naming amazing. a brilliant bit of nomenclature because <laughs> obviously you're being fucking tabitha yeah. at the very least this is talitha it's fucking genius i think um, up there with tom wamsgans from <laughs> succession in terms of naming a character she is an objectionable person in every way mm. um she's she's lumbered in her mind with the with the kind of um duty solicitor who's dealing with the idea that she's been accused of, of having some involvement in a fellow student's disappearance and possible death um she's her incredibly horrendous rich spoiled dad played by james frayne um is there involved as well and the and the police le- um, element of it the main lead detective is Sinead keenan who i love who's absolutely brilliant in everything she does mm. this is brilliantly cast but the whole idea of you know are we judging someone for being too posh and too privileged and too entitled mm. and too obnoxious I mean yeah being too much of a twat more being than being too posh, much of a twat yes. and a bellend whatever word you want to throw over it is a really good central premise for a series for a story um, I was instantly gripped fascinated um, I think the the performances are all great the, what, I, what I was very impressed with the casting of this they haven't gone for massive stars you know mm. Vigil if you like was a star study every was. character yeah. Yeah. in Vigil kind of quite some characters were only in it literally for about a scene <laughs> yeah. before they died for yeah. example yeah. were played by huge big famous people in this you know these are all kind of either up and coming people um, like Celine Buckins who plays Talitha or they're not you know James Frayne you know not a huge star Sinead Keenan similarly but they're all brilliant at in their roles and they're all they all kind of completely embody who they are I think and I can't wait to see the rest of it so uh, it's an instant massive hit for me yeah I think something that I'm always very cautious of with the BBC is the writing of young people I've said it before yeah I think I remember reviewing Noughts and Crosses for for Pilot and being really feeling really let down by the writing of the young people in it. It was 
It was not good. The youths. The youths. Uh, whereas this does it incredibly well, not just in terms of writing young people, but writing young, wealthy people who, <laughs> I won't lie, I wasn't one, but <laughs> I used to work a lot of like silver service jobs uh, for people like this. Mm. So got to kind of watch from the periphery. And I think this is very, very authentic. Uh, right down to her clothes, you know, wearing the bomber jacket, thinking she's a little bit urban, you know, the press on neon nails she's she's kind of on the fringes of you know oh i'm i you know i hang out with minorities but i'm actually really rich um which is just fantastic they've, they've got that spot on i think for a character like this and you instantly fucking hate her you do mm. i mean that is inevitable and i know that you know within that hate you are second guessing yourself because i'm sure i'm sure she's not i mean it would be pretty a pretty straightforward boring show if she was exactly what she is on the tin but we're quite entertained by that, aren't we? We're entertained by judging this Bella and yeah. um and being in the shoes of the police the policeman, which, you know, takes a bit of work in this current day to kind of <laughs> see from their point of view. Um, but you know, are all kind of like nudging each other behind their backs. And she knows she's a bellend as well. This is it. She's rich enough that she doesn't even have to care that she's a bellend. She can talk to anybody how she likes. She can treat people however she wants. And in her mind, she has no repercussions because of the world she grew up in. Um, and I think that's a great performance as well. Expertly cast. Tracy Afika is essentially the mirror, you know, that that she bounces off of um, and is just a a real master of poise and Mm. reserve. You can almost see the vein going in her forehead Mm. in this as well, which is wonderful. And the storytelling's great. I mean, I'm I'm the same for once. I'm on the same level as Boyd and have only seen an episode instead of 12 or whatever many you've got through (laughs) in a a week. So yeah, I'm I'm really interested. They're also drawing out other little, I mean, this is what they do so well, don't they, from from this group of people drawing out, you know, there's a look there there's a look here so Kerr Logan's in this as as another policeman with a a partner with a baby on the way and you can tell there's been a few too many close-ups on that their face (laughs) to think that he is completely innocent in this so I'm sure we'll see something else from him him coming up Uh, and then yeah uh, Cleo the barrister she's also got a past as well that we're sort of learning about where she grasped up her own company um, for a a drug case Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with all of these but yeah really well written and they've written young people well which is something that we don't always see on the BBC do you think young posh people are easier to write than young um, like working class people easier to caricature actually yeah. I would have thought it would be easier to caricature but they did, get wrong. they did get the nuances for this which I really liked like the kind of cultural appropriation mm, and yeah. um the haughtiness I don't know it's a tough thing to. I think it's quite a tough thing to without mm. making them too much of a caricature yeah, no, you're right, you're right, you're uh, right. and I think they've done that they've done that really well here so we don't find out much about Hannah in this episode aside from she's missing and she worked in the service industry and, and wasn't um, very rich uh, her yeah, mum as well working class girl yeah, working yeah. class girl yeah, there's a big and, class conflict thing going on yeah and, and I think the mum is written really well her mum who's obviously very very stressed they're, they're not two dimensional characters either even the secondary people who we only see for a few scenes have got a lot to work with which I really liked um, yeah sold is the short it really short is isn't it there. it's yeah. so slick it is so slick yeah and also really pacey like the first five minutes of this covers so much ground yeah because they're just look we need to get to this point and obviously you know we've all seen Law and Order there's a crime there's an investigation they're like no let's fast forward through all of this shit and get to the good stuff yeah. which is great because you're you're really like out of breath I think in that introduction because you're like oh my god and this and, and oh and now we're here oh wow and you've been arrested and Christ like a lot 
happens before they've even done the title sequence. Mm. And then you get into it and it's that fascinating idea of subverting expectations because we always have that, you know, that, that built-in bias that we bring with us. And with her, it's partly that she is a screaming bellend and fair play to Celine Buckins who does an extraordinary job of playing that character and making her so unlikable. But not because she's necessarily a bad person, but because she is exactly as you said, she's so unbelievably entitled that she doesn't need to come across in a good way that like she doesn't believe there are any consequences to anything she's done mm. because you know she can just buy a way out of it or pay for a solicitor and there's a line she uses where where she's kind of being very very uh rude to her own brief to be fair uh to to cleo the duty solicitor and she was like you know do a decent job on this love and maybe i'll keep you around when i sue their asses <laughs> and it's just like whoa yeah. so you i mean you really really almost like you want bad things to happen to her yeah. because she's so awful and there's that class war part of you that that almost bristles so much at the idea that the reality of this, the fact is that money does buy you essentially out of a lot of situations mm. and justice is for people who can afford the best solicitors, barristers, whatnot, you know, and the fact that she does sort of exist in this sort of cushion from the reality of the world by her wealth and the entitlement that goes with that, you you want her to get it. You really mm. do. Mm. And I think they've really tapped into that very, very, very British fundamental divide between in this case not like middle class upper class yeah. and working class yeah. like she is proper blue blood upper class yeah I know I, th I thought this was great really great performance as you say very layered characters and if I can offer an awful lot more than you guys have already said except for the fact that this is this is like crack television isn't mm. it I was like yeah. oh my god give me more give me more of this now yeah. Yeah. please more oh, um, they're doing so well aren't they oh this is on a real winning streak yeah, yeah. very very good indeed so uh, show trial which is in the vigil slot as, as it shall now be known uh, on Sunday night on BBC One at nine o'clock next up this week we have The Premise Coming from the mind of BJ Novak, uh, this is an anthology series that tackles a different social issue each week with a revolving cast and a short 30-minute episode. I was going to say, this is a comedy anthology initially, <laughs> based on the first episode, which is comedic, yeah. but then I watched the second episode, which is very, very far from a comedy episode. Uh, what it is, though, is bite-sized. I think we can safely say that. So, uh, is that a shrewd narrative choice, Beth, or just a blessing for the viewers? I mean, a blessing for the viewers and us. Like, honestly, the sigh of relief when I opened that show folder, I'm like, oh, thank God, it's half an hour long. Um, so, I do love that. Um, I think the best way that I kind of approach this it's like black mirror but without the metaphors or genre <laughs> or anything uh, <laughs> really like it's like the very core of what black mirror is trying to say except it just says it mm. um so it's not clever about it it's not clever it's not clever about it it is incredibly measured so bj novak uh, american generally a comedy writer you would be right for thinking that this would be a comedy and it certainly has a, a decent amount of satire in it uh, but yeah he was a writer on The Office uh, I think he's written some novels short stories he's kind of David Sedaris type black comedy author um, apparently with a load of pals because this is what this feels like as well it mm. might as well be called Look Who's Friends with BJ Novak because um, <laughs> it's got an amazing cast in it so the episode that um, James referred to as being pretty traumatising stars uh, John Bernthal uh, Ben Platt's in this Caitlin Devon uh, Lola Kirk uh, who else have we got just a just a lot of Jermaine Fowler's in the first episode uh, so this massive all-star cast that he's kind of reined in for this anthology which is described and I don't like this <laughs> as an anthology for now uh, it's oh god I know that's, that's a whole world of fuck that's off a isn't cult it that's is what that mm. is uh, and it does 
So yeah, the way that it's kind of packaged, I don't necessarily like. And every episode begins with BJ Novak as this kind of like Twilight Zone host coming in, like setting you up for it, which is completely unnecessary and feels a little bit um, self-involved. That said, um, it is very intricately written so yeah a different social issue every um episode and it's usually from multi-viewpoints as well so the first one is called i think social warrior sex tape yeah uh stars ben platt he is um coming into a, a police station because on <laughs> sex tape he has recorded it has caught in the background a police arrest that can helpfully shape the outcome of a, a young black man that's been put on trial by police. Uh, and Ben Platt is, to his credit, really giving it his all in this sex tape. It is quite a funny sex tape as sex tapes go. Um, and uh, so he's having this conversation and it goes to court and it's about the court case. Um, and then it's told from various different points of view. So Ben Platt is like the social warrior who, you know, tweets about social causes, hashtag BLM, etc. But at the the same time is only willing to go so far when his butt is about to be shown to a whole courtroom of strangers uh, but it considers his point of view as someone who is who's really trying to just do his best without getting cancelled but everyone seems to be out for him to be cancelled even though he's not necessarily a bad man in the scheme of things you've got Jermaine Fowler's character who is obviously you know every black man in America right now let's be honest uh, and then you've got the the lawyers as well and it's it's trying to to kind of balance the different points of view here. Um, and then the John Banthal episode really goes for the emotional punch where he works for um, a guns company, an arms company, I guess, uh, as a PR, but lost his little girl a year prior in a in a mass shooting. Yeah, lol, lol a minute, that one. Mm. Um, quite, and quite the tonal shift between those two episodes. Massively so. So... Yeah, it is very, very well written. I think in terms that it really takes lengths to consider every point of view within every story, um, which is is obviously tough work to do to do it well and give everyone a platform. It just uh, felt the same way I feel about Black Mirror sometimes in that it just it goes too far in trying to get its message home and it borders on preachy. Um, so that was some of the issue I took with it. Um, great ensemble cast, obviously. I'm a sucker for people like Caitlin Dever, Lucas Hedges, I love as well. Uh, but yeah, a little bit too preachy, and I just I hate how this is packaged. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't think it helps that the episodes start with that to camera piece Horrid. from BJ Novak, which is just excruciating. It was your issue with them scenes from a marriage. Yeah, like, it's very smug, yeah. very yeah, smug. It is, yeah. um, it's unnecessary. The, like the first episode of this, I hated it. I thought you would absolutely <laughs> hated it. I thought it was painfully unfunny, and it tried to make this quote unquote subtle point with a sledgehammer to the head. Yeah, and I was perfectly prepared to set this on fire and then the second episode I actually liked um, I thought Berntal was an absolutely inspired bit of casting in that role given he is the Punisher um, really quite a powerful piece again it's not particularly subtle quite not frankly it makes oh, its point really directly not subtle in any way no you're absolutely right it's not subtle at all I mean I don't think it even tries to be it tells it takes half an hour to get a very clear point across in quite a powerful way mm. and obviously this is aired as a Hulu show so it's aired in the states not in its entirety I don't think but a bunch of them have aired um, and my gathering certainly from what I've read of this is that generally the comedy ones are the weakest 
because the comedy doesn't really land. And it's when it goes into the dramatic territory that I think it tends to have slightly more weight to it. Mm. And certainly that was my experience of watching this show. I thought the comedic one had more discussion of Ben Platt's scrotum than I absolutely needed first thing in the morning. But more than that, I just found it awkward and just like, it's, I was like, this thinks it's a lot funnier than it is. Yeah. And that's really awkward. It's yeah. just like, you guys aren't in on the fact that this isn't actually funny. Um, whereas when they'd abandoned the humour and they were just going for I was like, okay, now I'm I'm, I'm rolling with this. So, yeah, I mean, I, I based on this, I liked one, hated the other one. Make of that what you will. I think the um, the there are too many anthology shows for start. I think mm-hmm. there's a whole. It's gone from well, when, I don't inside, like when inside well, number but... nine came along, which is still the best of them. I mean, Black Mirror is great. I love Black Mirror mostly. You know, there there are some that don't work, but I th- I think Black Mirror is an exciting. Feels like every episode feels like an exciting prospect yeah. to me. Yeah, and the same with Inside Number Nine. But once they both became a thing. I feel like everyone now, every all of the streaming services, they all want their own <laughs> anthology shows. We've reviewed quite a few. Um, I mean, they are hard to review. This is partly a kind of whiny um, first world problem, critics <laughs> problem, because you know, you know, you, you, it's kind of unfair to only watch a couple yeah. of like, out yeah. of six. Throw a ten. dart, hit an episode. Yeah. Will it be good? Will it not? Who knows? But yeah. I think for the problem for me about this anthology series is that um, that. The reason BJ Novak is doing that really annoying introductory thing, by the way, <laughs> is because there's no linking, there's really no link between no. them tonally. Yeah. True, the, yeah. In theory, so the, the official description, by the way, on, on um, Wikipedia is, each episode tells a single character-driven story about a current world issue. Right, all right. I mean... Are they though? <laughs> you know, is is the first one? Is the sex tape one a world issue? And not in the way, not the way it plays out, really, because it's so preposterous. And I agree with you, James. I think it. it I thought it was painfully unfunny. <laughs> and the worst thing about it was, it starts out quite realistically. Mm. It starts out with you know, it's a funny, stupid premise that there could be it's a sex tape, and in the background, some key thing that could allow a, an innocent person, an innocent person of color, particularly in this in this case. I guess that's why they they say it's a world issue, racism. All right. Sure, but I mean, it's it starts out with a kind of tone of realism, and then almost like after ten minutes, suddenly in the courtroom element, decides to go for broke and be absolutely stupid and trying to be mm. funny. And the joke about all the jokes about his scrotum and stuff, you're like, well, I mean, what time, this is just farcical. You, yeah. This would not happen in a million yeah. years. What you're what we're having to watch for the next 10, 15 minutes. So I really didn't like the first one either. And the second one, I did in quotes enjoy. I did. You know, I, I, as you say, John Berthold is brilliant. I like the idea of it to confront the the gun lobby. Mm. In any way, is great on in, in, within a TV drama, and it did it quite effectively. But I, equally, I, I also found it I'm almost unbelievably unsubtle, and I didn't like the ending. I thought the ending was kind of I don't know. I just didn't buy it. I didn't buy that at all. Um, so I just feel. I don't necessarily need. I'm not going. I don't feel. I think it will take a lot for me to watch any more of this series of, antho- of, of an anthology show. And there are at least three or four other anthology shows that are kind of <laughs> trying desperately to be yeah. to have a theme, a, th- a theme. But I think the only thing that's linking these is Bijanova, which is why he's, in, he's introducing them. I, I, I think he's really a smart, clever guy. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm pleased that he's got this outlet for yeah. his writing. I've listened to him on Brace and has had him a couple of times on his podcast. Yeah. And he's he's a very interesting character, very interesting figure. And he's got a lot to say. But as I say, it would take a lot for me to watch through any more of these, even though the fifth episode is called Butt Plug. Well, I, I, I mean, I, yeah, with Daniel Day we Kim. We start with that. With Daniel Day Kim. So, I mean, that what the fuck's going to happen in that one? Uh, who, who God only knows. Yeah. But... Uh, I, I, I didn't buy it enough for me. I did, it wasn't. It's not. It's not inside number nine. It's not Black Mirror. No. 
No. Well, that is the premise. And this comes to start on Disney Plus on Wednesday, the 3rd of November. Finally, this week, we have the not Kenny autobiographical drama <laughs> Dalgleish <laughs> on Channel 5. This is, in fact, the latest P.D. James adaptation and stars Bertie Carvel as the man in question, uh, investigating a dead nurse in this version of Shroud for a Nightingale. Isn't that right, Boyd? Yes. This is a new... So Adam Dalgleish, the Adam Dalgleish books written by um, P.D. James have been adapted for television quite a few times before. Roy Marsden played him in an ITV version. Martin Shaw, the legendary Martin Shaw, who I did a Zoom interview uh, with recently and was and is a legend. Um, he played him on the BBC adaptation. And now, interesting, now, what I'm fascinated by is Channel 5 has um is commissioned and showing these and there and there are i think six episodes three stories three two-parters running thursday and friday now and, and they're definitely expanding there they've got, also got a saturday night drama with a comedy drama thing at the moment which is doing quite well i think um from sally Lindsay. they're definitely like channel five i think is by stealth and we've reviewed quite a few of their dramas mm. on this show of course blood sarah mm-hmm. Petz was one being probably the best but now they're having more than one drama a week they're having two parts this this is a very this is a prestigious kind of feel to it this whole thing PDJ I've read some of these novels and PDJ is an absolute legend and some of them are, are, are phenomenal Bertie Carvel is a is a top actor um, so I just feel this is a whole part of a whole Channel 5 kind of getting classier and they're also doing I think notably fewer of those quite quite exploitative you know people on benefits kinds of shows yeah, that, yeah. They, that made, they made famous and I feel like almost like and they announced last week that they were doing more news coverage I think almost like somehow Channel 5 is by stealth turning into like BBC 2 or something Whoa. you know um, <laughs> and doing a really good job of it really yeah. Um this is the, the the kind of story of this is that he's this is set in the seventies and this I think what they're going to do is because because she wrote about this character from the seventies through the eighties and probably even to uh, before she died that they're going to follow him through those ages so that's going to be quite an interesting process how they age him quite another know. anthology yeah <laughs> another anthology effectively. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I think um, I think he's brilliantly cast. I think Bertie Carvel is really good as, as the character. He's a very kind of um, no-nonsense, uh, doing his job, diligent, no-frills kind of mm. detective. He doesn't want to be bothered by... He's very firm but fair. He's kind of treats all the all the suspects and the interviews of the suspects. In a, it, it, there's a kind of clarity to him yeah. and his approach that I think is really good. Um, and he's kind of saddled with a bit of a doofus of a sidekick um, <laughs> who is played by... What's his name? Jeremy. Irvine, Jer- uh, which I will get to. Right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's saddled with a doofus of a psychic, played by Jeremy Irvine, who was a massive star. What is, or do it now, what is Jeremy Irvine doing in this show? Right, in it's weird, show? isn't it? I yeah. Mean, yeah, Channel 5's coming up. It's like, not like HBO and Max. What is it is odd, Jeremy yeah. Irvine he's like Warhol, Steven Spielberg. Sir. I mean, look, he was in 10 episodes of Treadstone. Let's not overstate oh, his okay. CV. Yeah, I'm talking more <laughs> about even was Treadstone? <laughs> it was the Bourne spin-off TV series. Oh, yeah. But right. I mean, his next project is Green Lantern. With DC, like it's a high weird, profile thing yeah. where he's going to be a right. gay right. superhero. Another, once again, another first gay superhero for another time. That's for another time. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it's just weird. I mean, it good was on distracting him. Why not? for me. Fine, fine. I'm stepping on your toes here, but no, I, no, no. I found it quite distracting casting because he's like wholesome, handsome Jeremy Irvin playing a bit of a defense, yeah, making yeah. dreadful jokes and quips that like Gareth would make in the office about <laughs> he was watching like that, pornos. Yeah. yeah, you're right. He was like that. But I thought he was very entertaining though. And I like the, I like the fact that the kind of very uh, super dignified Dalgleish, that's what he is. He's kind of oozes dignity. Mm. Yeah. He's saddled with this total doofus of a sidekick <laughs> who goes out for a fact and barely seems interested in the case, by the way, which 
is a nurse has been killed. It's the very first scene. It's a it's oh, a, hard quite scene. Quite a hard watch. scene to That's watch. Brutal. Yeah, right. So she's she's being treated, but she's in it's in this nursing home. She's being treated and dies somehow in a rather horrible way. And it's the the in the cases, you know. It was it foul play? Clearly, you know they they think that an accident's happened, but mm. clearly something's going on, and they're all all the nurses are suspects. Really, yeah. Um, there's a kind of Aggie sister played by Natasha Little, very well. I thought. I just think this is this is classic TV drama who done it um, nicely. But I thought all the cast were great. I thought all the nurses were really were really good, really cast really well. But I think Bertie Carvel carries it. I just think he he is really perfect for the role and he, he and I just really enjoyed it I thought it was really you know it's not like it's not it's not flashily directed I think it's quite fairly straightforwardly directed and it's not trying to be you know this this super slick kind of um, dazzling visually dazzling thing it's just telling the story yeah. telling a classic whodunit story as neatly and um, and effectively as they can with a kind of touch of class I think generally yeah. uh, and dignity about the whole thing so I really liked it yeah, formula worked really well. I liked him in the lead. Again, J- Jeremy Irvin just threw me off. <laughs> it's can't just get past completely Irvin. threw me off. I can't get over it. It just, yeah, I, I just, I think it's just my preconceptions of him made it slightly distracting because I know him as, you know, this like dishy British taken Hollywood type who was in the Mamma Mia film, you know, and, <laughs> and my author, um, you know, he's got Spielberg and now he's in this Channel 5 murder mystery drama. But I, as you say, fair play to him. Uh, it was a really effective murder. Um, I mean, I will say that getting more creative with telling murders, aren't they? It's, uh, yeah. yeah. Presumably this one's taken directly from that book, but yeah. Yeah, it must be. Um, but still, the way that that was staged and orchestrated was really uncomfortable and mm. impactful. Um, I think some of the writing with some of the nurses was a little bit stocky. Um, <laughs> but I generally like that lead performance and the formula worked really well. I'm really enjoying, I mean, this is something that Sophie's so great at is kind of hitting those points in the plot, hitting those twists and turns so precisely. And I think that works really well. Um, it's proper tea time murder mystery, which isn't necessarily to my tastes, but that's not to say that it isn't well made and, and performed. That's, Last bit you made, I think that is my whole sentiment towards this show. It is a tea time murder mystery and it is very good at what it does, but it is not for me. <laughs> it's fine. I had I had no real desire to press on with this at the end of it, but I thought it was extremely well made. And that's, I will say, I think the standout for this is 100% that first scene because there's so much going on in the murder scene, which is the very first scene of the episode. So much going on between the characters. Like it's not just like, oh, someone comes in, we don't know anything about them, they're getting murdered. Like there is friction, there's tension from the get-go, there's an undercut, there's an accusation. Like it has to be said, it's said the nurse, bless her, and I can't remember who the actor is, but the nurse who does get murdered at the beginning, like that is a hell of a she the face acting that she does just before that happens is impressive so hats off to her yeah. uh but yes I, I i thought this was very well put together very well executed beautifully shot uh i thought jeremy irvin was very entertaining as well um but uh i will be having my tea while watching the witcher thanks i mean it's not actually on tea time by the way it's not nine o'clock on, Is it? On, yeah you might have a late on, tea on, yeah, it's but you're right but uh, yeah. you made a good point though which you are thrust into the middle that's what i liked yeah. about it, actually you've you've hit the nail on the head even though you inadvertently very, inadvertently <laughs> yeah of course um but it does thrust you straight into the whole thing no nonsense yeah, here's right. the crime here's this woman's died 
you're immediately all the nurses have different reasons for suspecting mm. them they're all behaving some of them quite weirdly and you're right there's conflict in, in instantly and I like that's why one of the things the best things about mm. it. it doesn't mess around yeah. it does not mess around that is then Dalgleish still waiting for Sarah Phelps's Kenny uh, <laughs> and that airs on Channel 5 on Thursday and Friday this week, 4th and 5th of November at 9 o'clock. Not actually tea time, but you know what we're saying. <laughs> but that's not the only thing out this week, oh, is it, boys? Is there so is much. so much out this week. Uh, we've obviously, we've covered off Kerr, we've covered off Doctor Who already. Um, the L Word Generation Q Season 2 comes back. Now, did we, did we review this and I, I was off that week? Do you know what? I don't actually, I don't think we did. I think it, it arrived... Last time in a very busy week. Yeah, because I think we did review it. Th- this yeah. is on Sky. So season two drops on Sky Atlantic on the 3rd of November. But I, I watched The L Word, the original one, but I've never watched no, Generation same. Q. Same. All right. Well, since we've not seen it, we can't really talk authoritatively <laughs> about that. But if you like it, then go for it. That's coming back. Um, but what else is happening, Boyd? Station 19 is back on Sky Witness on Wednesday as well at 10 o'clock. That's the firefighting drama. Dickinson, final Yay. season. The final season. A lot of people love Dickinson. Yeah, yeah. the third and final season. Um, I think she's really, really good in it, but I didn't press on with it. I interviewed her for um, one of the very first podcasts Aww. we did. I think Apple TV launched, didn't it, roughly? Yes. When we, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, one of the launch was, shows that we did. We did yeah. that. We did C, which of course was the standout. Yeah, and I really uh, enjoyed the first series of season, but I have to say I did not watch any of season two of Dickinson, and now season three is here. While we're talking about Apple launch shows, can yeah. I just say, I had a very spirited WhatsApp conversation last night with Pilot TV's own Terry White, who has just finished the morning show, oh. season two, and has lots of thoughts in capital letters. Yeah. Oh, I bet. She is not a fucking fan no. of that yeah. at all. I saw a tweet when she was like, Bumpy. Yeah. Bumpy. yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it is, um, she's right. It yeah. is bumpy, yeah. No, I, would... I still enjoyed it though. Can we just dial her in for this? Yeah, dial would... her in so yeah. she can go on a rant about yeah. the morning yeah. show season two. Because remember a lot of people, how much she loves the morning show A lot of people agree one. with her. A lot of people have said yeah. they didn't like season two. It is fucking all over the place. It is but an it's absolute one of these things mess, is that when we, I really enjoyed it. When we reviewed, like I hadn't seen obviously at all when we reviewed mm. it. And I think it started okay, it had promise. And then it just what was happening? Yeah, like yeah. genuinely, like the the, the latter part now, of then? that. So I lose. Track I'm cause... not sure that it has oh, actually. Okay. So I'm not sure we can. Because there's talk... one scene I'm still desperate to talk about. The, I, I, I'm calling it the in the, in the car no. shouting scene. I'm pretty sure we're at that. <laughs> we, we must have had sure the car shouting that. scene. The car shouting. That was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. So much Fucking shouting. Exhausting. <laughs> exhausting. That was exhausting. Yeah. That was. They must have just had to get out of that car and just lie down on the road because yeah, that yeah. was absolutely exhausting. Yeah, it really goes for broke. That's it. Just kind of like goes quite just insane in that section in all kinds of moments, and that is the classic <laughs> moment where it goes fucking nuts. I don't know why. I just it feels like that that season feels like the product of a bunch of people who just went round the bend in lockdown. <laughs> like I don't yeah. know, it's yeah. just all over yeah. the place. Yeah. It's so lockdown heavy as well, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's really it like, is. it's the most lockdowny. Well, even to lockdown is pre-lockdown, isn't it? It's it's isn't it? But it's sort of emergence of the pandemic. It's, yeah, but I mean, in terms yeah. of dealing with it as a subject sure, for the season, sure. Yeah, it just it's yeah. So, so much of it is lockdown. Yeah, which I'm not sure. Was a great movie either. It wasn't. And it's such a shame because I really liked in the first episode the almost comedic timing of uh, was it Billy Crudup's character was like, oh, things are finally going to go well. And then he looks up and the family is suing the company (laughs) and he's like, oh, and then a guy walks past and coughs and that's the end of the episode. (laughs) And I was like, we're back. And then and then it just it just got so bogged down. I'm going (laughs) channeling Terry here, but like what I've just taken away from it is they all hate each other. 
none of them can live without each other, which is yeah, yeah. succession, yeah. Yes. but not as yeah. good. Yeah. I love the fact that we've ended up doing an in-depth review yeah, of, the, of the morning <laughs> show. I don't know how we got onto well, this. It was Dickinson. <laughs> it was Dickinson. Dickinson's back on yeah. Friday Dickinson's on back. Apple TV Plus for its final third and final season. Yeah. We'll find also. out what Terry thinks about that next week. <laughs> yeah. Narcos Mexico, also its final season. Can I confess something? Yeah, I've never seen an episode of either Narcos or Narcos Mexico. <laughs> okay. I've never watched a Narcos. Well, Narcos was a big deal. Kind yes, of yeah. massive, yeah, massive. Yeah. I've never seen it. Mexico slightly less, even though Diego Luna was in it, um, etc. It. But I, I did watch quite a lot of the first season. Um, but again, trailed off. <laughs> so clearly not essential. It no. And now that's back. Um, uh, you know what I really, what I really, the real shame that we can't review is close to me, which is on next Sunday which we'd normally try and review, but is embargoed by Channel 4 until Tuesday. Uh, yeah. So we, we was either going to be delayed. It is fascinating. Chris Eccleston, Connie Nielsen, and the whole plot. I'm going to, I'm not reviewing it. I'm just describing it to you. <laughs> Connie Nielsen uh, is at the bottom of the stairs and with in a pool of blood. She then wakes up in hospital. This is the very first scene. Um, a year later and has to piece together the missing 12 months of her life. And is she or isn't she? Did she was she pushed? Did she fall? Was she, is she trying to to um, do something with herself? Um, it's such, it, and I've watched three episodes. It's, I'm not reviewing it, but it's fascinating. And I will, can I say this? I think I can say this. Connie Nielsen, I've never seen a character have to cry as much as Connie Nielsen does in a TV <laughs> series. She has to do so much fucking crying. Wow. I don't know. And she does it brilliantly. But it is fascinating. Close to me starts from Channel 4 on Sunday at 9 o'clock, the same time as um, Angela Black and Show Trial. Oh, my God. You've got three fucking, That's... essentially three, one of them may or may not be good, I can't say, because it's because it's embargoed, but at least two, plus another kind of psychological thriller, drama, yeah. crime things on at the same time. There we go. <sighs> it's too much. Wow. That is a lot. What is our pick of the week then? Oh, what we should do in the shadows? We forgot about that. Yes, yes. Sorry. that was, oh, we got another one. <laughs> another we got one. another one. What we do in the shadows? BBC a show. Two Tuesday, which I am not up to date with, but when I watched it, thought it was it's fantastic. Great. It's really so fun. Great. Yeah. So great. And I think that's dropping in full on iPlayer, um, a whole of the season, I believe. Wonderful. So, yeah. yeah. Great. Anything else, Boyd? I you think sure? that's it. Let me just check. Sure. Uh, oh, AP Bio. People, people do really like. AP I've Bio. heard that. Sorry, yeah, it's always, it. is that it's always sunny in Philadelphia's uh, Glen Homerton. Yes. Never yeah. going to watch it now. Um, <laughs> that's back. Sky Comedy Tuesday, uh, ten o'clock. People really, really like it. But yeah. and yes, it does feature that very man. Feel good um, comedy starring yeah. always sunny James <laughs> yeah. running for the hills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely not. That is it. That absolutely is it. not. Okay, right. Given that the lights have just yeah. gone off in the studio and we are now sitting in the dark because none of us have moved for so long, uh, what is our pick of the week? Well, show, show trial. trial. By a, it by is a show trial. Yes. Mile, it, yeah. is. it is very much show trial. Okay, great. That is then it for this week's show. Um, as ever. It makes a huge difference if you give us a nice five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And you can also feed back to us directly at James C. Dyer, at Boyd Hilton, and at Beth K. Webb. Next week's show would see us watching Will Ferrell, Catherine Hahn, and Paul Rudd in The Shrink Next Door. But it won't, because it's Apple. Therefore, it's embargo. So we can't do it. <laughs> but hopefully what we can do is Dexter, because Dexter New Blood. Dexter makes his triumphant return with Dexter New Blood, and we have asked for screeners. Haven't got them yet. May not get them, but let's assume that we will, or frankly, my dark passenger will have something to say about it. Pilot out. <laughs>